Welcome to Icon Park for the first game, or one of the first games of round 12, Carlton v Geelong here on a sunny Melbourne day. My name's Lucy Watkin. I'll be calling alongside uh, Lauren and Jono for this clash. Carlton need a win to keep their season alive while Geelong are on a seven-game winning streak in second. Lauren, looking forward to this one? Yeah, really looking forward to this one. Obviously, a few good games from these two sides last week, so it'll be good to see how they go today. A fair bit on the line for Carlton. Obviously, Geelong will just want to keep that winning streak going. Jono, what are your thoughts uh, heading into this one today? One thing for sure, it is a beautiful day here in Carlton. Uh, yeah, top of 19 degrees. It's beautiful skies. So I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great game. And I think Geelong, yeah, set for a, a big challenge, I suppose. You know, two, uh, I suppose, top eight sides. But... Yeah, anything can happen. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, so Carlton, as we mentioned, they need to win to keep their season alive. They're just just out of touch of the top six, um, mm. but a win could keep them in it. Geelong, one of the inform teams of the competition. But interestingly, where this is their first meeting of the, the season uh, this year. We're starting to see a few teams uh, double up, but... It's interesting that they've met during a time where there's plenty of AFW players coming back. Yeah, I think it's a really good time for the two sides to be meeting. Um, obviously, they've got a fair, fairly heavy influx of AFLW players for both sides. I think there's, what is there, probably eight for Carlton and maybe nearly the same for Geelong, maybe just one less. But there's a, definitely a good amount of players there and they're also playing well. They've come into the side and made impact straight away. So it'll be good to see them go up each other against each other today. Definitely. And Geelong, Jono, as we mentioned, they've been one of the informed sides so far can't say the AFLW season was as successful this year with uh, just the one win and Paul Hood stepping down as the coach, but it's good to see them play those younger players and see them make an impact. Yeah, absolutely. The VFLW season, especially uh, at this stage in the year, it's a great time to sort of have a bit of a dress rehearsal for next season and obviously uh, with the AFLW season next I suppose season, I was going to say year, but that's not quite oh, as yeah. accurate. Um <laughs> You know, with it starting sooner rather than later, it's a good time to just sort of sort of kick into gear. And I suppose with the new Geelong coach uh, on the way, it's like what is learnt out on the field um, at this stage is is, um, is super important. Just on the uh, AFLW players uh, in today, it is nine each according according to this. Uh, uh, I suppose stats uh, slash uh, preview sheet uh, given to us by um, Elise Collette, who unfortunately can't join us today. Uh, she's done incredible work. Yes, there is nine uh, aside, which is pretty awesome. Nine's a huge amount. Well, it's half the side, isn't it, that you've got, you'd expect they'd be playing the majority of the game. But I think it's been good to see them probably sometimes be swung around different areas of the ground. Obviously, they end up going often where the game's being played. We saw Grace Egan just push back against Essendon a couple of weeks ago when they were basically facing a barrage there so it's good to see them at least be sent around and um, also playing in different positions obviously it's a nice time to give them a chance to push for selection in other areas too heading into December yeah definitely and you know Geelong I think with that you know the disappointing AFLW season they were a team that really um, struggled really because they didn't have the 2020 VFLW season a lot of these younger girls that are um, that they're playing through the VFLW didn't have the opportunity to learn structures, you know, get some more game sense, get some touch um, before the AFLW season. And it was really noticeable. They looked a bit lost. They um, There wasn't a lot of synergy between the lines for Geelong. So I imagine with Carlton, they're playing a lot of their younger players yeah. as well. And I imagine that's sort of what Daniel Harford and his team is um, sort of aiming to do. 
Yeah, because I saw for Carlton, obviously, Zampaglioni's there as an um, emergency more. She was playing, I think, playing well probably the first half of the year, but obviously maybe a little bit of form there that's seen her go out of the side. But like you said, bringing in one of those younger players to take her spot. Yeah, definitely. She, Razor, is a bit of a cult figure around <laughs> the VFLW and um, down at her uh, original club of Fitzroy. So she's... So she um, goes by Razor. She goes by Razor. I'm not quite sure where that came from, but... Yeah, she's a bit of a cult figure. They're much much loved character from both of her teams, but I'm really excited to see Maeve Chaplin and Tara Delgado today, Jono, two Vic Metro representatives with uh, Delgado making her VFW debut. Yes, indeed. It's uh, it's great to see uh, plenty of, I suppose, state representation out on the park. And you know what? Just more, because um, you don't often see that sort of thing. You don't often see players in the state system play also VFL and... Um, I suppose second tier footy whether we're talking about women's or men's but I tell you what it's just awesome to see and there's plenty of talent coming through I was just saying to, to both of you off air uh, the NAB League girls it's, it's just the best it's just the next big like the next big thing next best thing next big thing same same could be both yeah but you know like it's just it's just incredible to what uh, to watch and sort of talent that's on the park and the VFL experience is invaluable. Yeah, definitely. Having commentated the Nabali Grand Final, uh, Girls Grand Final last week, Oakley Chargers coming away, the winners there. Awesome. The quality of football in the under-19s, under-18s in the NAB League is just incredible. Even calling it under-17 games on Good Friday, I was amazed that some of those girls were only 15 and 16. Like, the future of women's football, I mean... It's already pretty good, but it's just going to get better. Because they are those girls that, geez, it's probably their first sport, first and only sport that they've ever played. They would have gone straight into it. Um, I mean, it's good just to see it on a Sunday when you're out on a, at a local game and at a local sport, and now you'll see a whole day filled with, you know, under, I don't know, under seven girls, and they're in their little jumpers that we never saw when we were growing up. So it's obviously transferring all the way up to NAB League. But, yeah, it's good to see a couple of those players from Northern Knights coming in, and also a full back. Often you see the mids that yeah. get transported in their, you know, under-18s. It's always the mids that tend to be the players that get drafted. They get thrown in there, often whether they're going to play there or not when they make it to the big time. But it's good then to see Delgado as a full back come in um, and get her shot. Definitely, and a big name making their VFLW debut this week is Georgie Press-Parkers. Now, Maddie Press-Parkers hasn't been playing for the Blues, but Georgie, who has played already played a few games for the Essendon VFLW side, will, uh, will be out there right now, actually, at Windy Hill. But it's just intriguing to see how that, that's going to play out for Georgie and where she might end up. That'll be really good. That's awesome to hear that. I didn't actually know that. So that's really great that she's going to be out there and um, having a crack, that'll be quite... I think that'll actually draw quite a few people down there to Windy Hill today to come and see her. I think so. I think there'll be plenty of recruiters out there. Jono, do you think for recruiters going down and um, to the VFLW and watching some of those younger girls play will, will be a big part for the uh, sort of end of the season? Absolutely. It's always a thing that is... Um it's always the thing, that, uh, something that you definitely love to see, uh, whether it's men's or women's footy uh, in the NAB League sort of tier. You've always got the recruiters in their uh, um, in their eyes looking at particular players. You don't know what they're thinking, but they've got their big notebook and they're just like, oh, yeah, she looks good. I like all of her. But um, I tell you what, everybody knows plenty about, um, yeah, Georgie Prisparkas. And I tell you what, that's going to be good wherever she ends up. She's going to be an absolute asset. She is going to be one of those players who has an instant impact.
Geelong Falcons were, of course, one of the under-19 teams who played in the NAB League Grand Final last week. Couldn't quite get the job done. They've had a few players uh, come through this year. Renee Turney, a big power forward, uh, was playing, has played a few VFRW games. Tess Craven has uh, found her way onto the list, but hasn't appeared yet. So it'll be good to see her. She was probably the Falcons' best player uh, last week. But in terms of Geelong, it's so exciting to see those younger players. Laura Gardner, Olivia Barber, um, Olivia Fuller, Darcy Maloney, um, Steph Williams, uh, Sophie van der Heuvel. A few weeks ago, their top eight ball winners were all under the age of 21. So, which is very exciting for Geelong, as we mentioned, with AFLW. But Liv Purcell wanting out of the club yeah. is obviously a big blow to the team. But I was doing some um, research on Geelong last week and I saw a few Geelong fans throw up that Olivia um, Purcell may be leaving, but the Olivia that Geelong should be looking to lock down is Olivia Barber. Yep. Yeah. She has played four games and kicked 10 goals. In three of those games, kicked three goals. Key forwards are so hard to find, so hard to find in women's football. No offence to Liv Purcell. She's an amazing player. But you can sort of find a mid, can't you? Yep. Yeah. Yep, and to get a key forward, like you said, is so important. And Liv Barber showed that only in just four games, but she's been an absolute key and a key to why Geelong's going so well. She's obviously someone that they're going to want to have fit and firing uh, for the next, well, the next few games for the VFLW, but also leading into the AFLW season. I think she played nearly every game this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's obviously got plenty of good form coming in for that. And she'll have, I mean, she'll almost have a 20 round season by the end of end of the VFLW. Yeah, definitely. And not only kicking goals, but also averaging 15 disposals and 4.5 marks as well. So a tall, mobile forward who can get plenty of the footy, clunk a few marks and kick a few goals. Uh, Jono? Yeah, definitely. You're going to need uh, a few... Uh, you're going to need plenty of those. It's just it's just the way um, the game is played these days. You always need that tall forward to go to. Whether they play ruck roll or inside yep. mid whatever it's just it's just you need uh yeah that sort of player well it is important as well when you see in the 50 the tall forwards being sent into that ruck roll just inside the attacking 50 to give the ruck a bit of a break absolutely definitely give a little bit of a hit out inside forward 50 or around the ground she's very mobile and very fit but another interesting character coming in to the vflw side for geelong is jess foley which I think is one of the most interesting sort of moonlighting uh, sort of appearances. Has Is playing her second game for the team today, but is obviously known as a Crows AFLW Premiership player, but also works as the Geelong AFLW doctor. Ah, so... so she must have must have been helping out at training and stuff and thought, man, I miss this. Can I have, can I have a few games? <laughs> it's a nice way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. Just weasel your way in a little bit that way on the sidelines. Um, well, we'll have to find out who's filling in as club doctor then today. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, God, she'll be huge for them, though. Probably be her. I reckon she'll <laughs> just come in and go, hey, what's Man. going on here? Yep, I oh, know what's going on. Yep, you just go off. It'll it's be right. like Superman. Like, she sort of has the bib <laughs> yeah. underneath, like, just ready to go in case someone goes down. You wouldn't have seen what's happened. The club doctor was here. Oh, yeah, I think I think she knows. It's all good. I think she knows. <laughs> but, yeah, that's very exciting for Geelong. Jess Foley pulling on the hoops for them. Um, just going to have a quick break. Um, and before we come back, and after we come back, sorry, we'll have uh, Luke O'Shaughnessy from Carlton and Andrew Bruce from the Geelong Football Club.
from the Veronica's for Rad. Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. What does it mean to be a designated driver? It means you're the friend who's agreed not to drink, not the person who's had the least to drink. It's cool to do and it shows you care about your friends. If you screw up just once, then your life changes forever. Face it, their lives are in your hands. So why don't you and your friends take it in turns to be the designated driver when you go out? You'll make the road safer for all of us. The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At Oz Harvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to Oz Harvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food. Hey Gary, what time you call this? Yeah, the traffic was really bad. Oh, there's Steve-o. Okay, Steve. Morning. How's your weekend? Same old, same old. What'd you get up to? Not much. Are you okay, mate? Looking out for one another is something we all need to do. So if a mate's struggling, ask, are you okay? Listen, encourage action, and check in again soon. Those four steps could change their life. Find out more at areyouok.org.au. Hi, Kirk Pengilly from InXS here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today. Welcome back to Icon Park for the VFRW Women's Match of the Day. It's Carlton taking on Geelong in round 12. Bounce. The first bounce will be at 11am coming up. We'll have Carlton coach Luke O'Shaughnessy and Geelong coach Andrew Bruce. The Geelong players just in a couple of huddles around the ground getting some last minute messages from the coaching staff. But underway at the moment is Essendon versus North Melbourne at Windy Hill and right now Essendon are leading 139 to North Melbourne two behinds so Lauren Essendon they started the season really strongly have dropped off a bit the last few weeks can they hold on to that finals place do you think? Yeah I think they'll hold on to the finals spot I think they've shown enough that I'd back them in to definitely make the top six where, how deep they can go in the finals, I'd probably say is a little bit questionable. I think, yeah, they were quite firing probably the first four or five rounds of the season. And then maybe as we've seen a few AFLW players come back in for the other sides, we haven't seen as much from them. But they've got plenty of talent. They've obviously got quite a good mid there, midfield to play with. And yep. they tend to run sides off their feet a little bit. They're good disposals, uh, disposers of the ball. So I think they'll, um, yeah, definitely make the top six. I think they'll get over North Melbourne fairly easily. Uh, but I'm not sure how deep they'll actually go once they do make it into the finals. Yeah, definitely, Essendon. They've done really well against even AFRW sides that have kind of middled this year, but not so well against the ones that find themselves on the top of the table. And I guess they probably would have been a little bit disappointed that they went down to the Bulldogs last week. Yeah, and I guess you look at losses to the Bulldogs also. I mean, they defeated Carlton, probably just looking at this match. Obviously, they defeated Carlton quite comprehensively Mm. a couple of weeks ago. So then you kind of think about, well... 
probably Essendon isn't the side that should be dropping out of the six then if Carlton is to make their way into it. Yep, definitely. And Casey are taking on Port Melbourne today at Casey Fields. Only four rounds ago, Casey handed Port Melbourne their first loss. Jono, do you think the Borough can get revenge today? Yeah, it's a tough question. I mean, they were they were yeah pretty much all over them last time they played. And yeah, Casey just found found something that sort of caught Port off guard. I think it was at that game. And I'll tell you what, they've got a big task ahead of them. That's for sure. Especially um, especially playing away. The interesting thing to note is uh, you've got I read something uh, this morning as uh, I think it was Borough uh, promoting the game, which of course. Uh, this afternoon in the VFL men's is uh, Gary Ayres 250th. Yeah, they're playing 900 kilometres apart. So the four teams that are playing. Oh so, my god! So so yeah. think about this. So I think it's Port and G- GWS. Yeah. 900 kilometres away from the game that's going on in Casey. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. But um, yeah, look. I think Port, they're at, they're at this interesting uh, sort of phase in the season where all these Richmond players have come in and things are a little bit, in terms of uh, team synergy, things things are a little bit shaky. So I think in an environment where, where Casey has sort of um, implemented that Melbourne-style culture mm. one and the same for the whole season, it's a little bit different to when you have Richmond players... Uh, you know, coming in maybe halfway through uh, and towards the end, like so, like so, uh, like Sophie Molan. Mm. Um, you know, and those those sort of players, you know, kicking out the uh, the uh, previously listed Port Melbourne players, and then it's just a whole different team. Mm. So you're playing. They like do Richmond talk a lot hand. about yeah. um, Port Melbourne having a very integrated uh, side with Geelong. They do back in the culture there at Port Melbourne with the the Richmond girls, but I get what you're saying. Sometimes it can be. Uh, a little bit disruptive. Yeah. Uh, Darabin will be hosting Collingwood at Bill Laurie Oval, and it's the ladder leaders taking on the bottom of the ladder. And um, don't want to underestimate the Falcons because I think yep. they will come out with a that attitude of, well, what have we got to lose? Um, but Collingwood probably will keep their unbeaten streak alive. I do agree with you. I think Darabin, yeah. sometimes you do underestimate them a little bit and they come out firing... Um, and they're definitely not a bad side. They're one of those sides that I probably would have picked them to be a little bit higher than the bottom of the ladder. Obviously, yep. you know, haven't had wins go their way. They lost a couple by some smaller margins, but then they've obviously lost some others by large margins. But they're, look, I think Darwin's quite a good side. If they can keep the same group together for the next couple of years, I think they are one that will be rising up the ladder. But, yeah, obviously not, not for today. It'll definitely be old Collingwood. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Darwin's got some positives to take out of the season. Yeah, definitely. They've got a few good young players they're trying to develop there at the Falcons. So be a tough game, I think, for them at Bill Laurie Oval. But it's just an attitude of, you know, as I said, like we've got nothing to lose. Yep. Let's throw it at them like they sort of did against Port Melbourne. But Williamstown also will take on Hawthorne. They also met in round eight. The Hawks won that one. It's being played at Downer Oval, which is the fourth game in the row Williamstown have played at Downer Oval. But for me, that one is just a lot about whoever can master the conditions there right next to the bay. Or not, is that the bay, Pete? Yep, next to the bay. <laughs> I'm very bad at geography and maths. Um, right next to the bay will be the winners of that game, Jono. It's a great day for it, uh, you know, like weather-wise here. So I tell you what, um, and it's yeah, it's not too bad uh, down at the Danner Oval here. So yeah, the bay conditions and the sea breeze, yeah, that will, yeah, that's one factor. But uh, the Hawks, they're sort of building. Mm. Um, 
in contrast to what we, I suppose, expected of them at the start of the season, and now they've sort of gone to new levels with the with the players that they've added. But uh, oh, I think um, I think Williamstown will take uh, full advantage of the conditions and probably just run over them. I think. And but for me, Meg Hutchins retiring also this week after. 200 and uh, almost 60 games she will finish with in the VFLW. Started playing in 2003. Was the best first year player that year and has really just done everything possible in women's football that you could possibly do. Um, will they want to get up for her, uh, Lauren? Yeah, I think they obviously want to get up for her. She obviously became the captain this year, uh, ran out the year in, in as captain. Um, I think it's she's a player that Probably, I think she could have gone on another season. Obviously, she's kind of been playing that defensive role where just being a bit of a steady head, which was exactly what the side needed when they mm. needed to clear it out of defence. It was just her role to just do that clearing kick, find the space and find the best option. So she is obviously, what's that, 2003, so that's 17, 18 year career. Yeah. Pretty handy. And I mean, you could, you can tell she's probably ready to just finish it up a little bit, but I think she probably had maybe one year left, um, but that's probably the way to go. So yeah, I think they'll miss her a lot actually next year. Um, when she's not in the side there and just hasn't got that cool, calm head. I think her legacy in women's footy is far from over, believe me. Yeah. Like she, yeah, she's going to go. She's um, sort of based in out Ocean Grove way, isn't she, okay. at the moment? Sort of Geelong, Geelong sort of way. So she's, um, yeah, so she's probably involved with uh, the club that her wife, Steph Carroll, has played a few games for. Uh, of course, Steph, obviously, with um, Hawthorne as well uh, in the coach's box. But... Yeah, the development of Hawthorne's younger players um, will always have that mentoring of Meg for some for some years to come. Yeah, Meg Hutchins, she's going to be missed on the field, but I don't think she'll be lost to women's footy forever. She'll Greatest definitely, hopefully, be uh, hanging around. But the last game of the round sees the Southern Saints take on the Western Bulldogs at Wilson, the storage Trevor Barker Oval. This, to me, is the match of the round, just given the ramifications of the result. The Southern Saints currently hold the Western Bulldogs outside the six. They're both on the same amount of wins. So whoever takes this one away will take that that final position and be a game clear. The Southern States have absolutely peaked at the right time. Yeah. Completely. So I think against Western Bulldogs, I, God, and that's, such a, that's a hard one to pick, but yeah. I think I'm going to go with the Saints. I just think they're absolutely firing... Um, played well the last couple of weeks so if they can continue that along and I see no reason why they can't I think they can get up um, against the dogs at home I think so and also for the dogs that makes this win even more crucial is the run home that they have it's so much harder than the one that the Saints have so to win today would just give them a little bit of um, what's it called just could help them relax a little bit not every game at the end of the season becomes a must win but a sort of we have to win yeah um, but for the Saints, if they lose this, they can rest easy knowing that there's a few easier games coming their way. Well, like you mentioned, it's North Melbourne and Carlton for the Southern Saints after today's match. Or after tomorrow's match, I think they've got the Sunday game. So, um, yeah, you definitely, it's like you said, they've probably got a little bit of breathing space the other way. Whereas if they do go down, yeah. they've got those ones that they can maybe make it up with. But that'll be a cracker of a match. I think the Bulldogs have, I know they have Collingwood in one of the games. Um, so... That's obviously one of the one of the toughest sort of games that you could possibly have for uh, your last games of the season. Especially if they, um, you know, wear, you know, white shorts. Both teams wear oh, white yeah. shorts. <laughs> so hopefully the right, uh, yeah, the right strips will come out. 
Yes, uh, Western Bulldogs coming up against Collingwood earlier in the season were absolutely thrashed at uh, the Wit Noble. So hopefully we'll not see the same thing and they will t win tomorrow and keep their season alive. But that's the round that's coming up in the VFLW for round 12. Let's head to a break. The mate with the high-tech Bluetooth fish finder, but not a life jacket. You know the type. So when enjoying the water, make the right call to keep your mates safe. Make sure they wear a life jacket. A message from your mates at Royal Life Saving. Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the NAB League Girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz. The Smith family have been helping disadvantaged Australian children for decades. Today we focus on helping children break the cycle of disadvantage by supporting them to get the most out of their education. But right now, one in six Australian children are living in poverty and don't have what they need for school. These kids need a hand up, not a handout. You can help them get the school essentials they need to fit in and the extra learning support to keep up. Please sponsor an Australian child today. Search the Smith family. Winter has really set in. Time for hot drinks, warm soups, a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater. Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres. Hi, Kirk Pengilly from InXS here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today. Welcome back to Icon Park. Carlton taking on Geelong here at Icon Park. We are lucky to have the coach of Carlton VFLW side, Luke O'Shaughnessy, on the line with us. Uh, thanks for joining us, Luke. Thanks for having me. Luke, what is the mindset heading in uh, to this game today? Uh, yeah, well, I suppose um, according to the ladder, we'd be going in as underdogs, so I think um, we'll, we'll take that status. Um, and I guess coming in with a, a little bit of confidence um, after a strong showing last week against Casey. So uh, a lot of belief around the group. And, uh, yeah, it was nice to, to snap that losing streak last week and uh, beat a team that we're, we're tracking quite well. Um, and hopefully we can carry that into today against a, a nine and two uh, team in Geelong. Yeah, and you've mentioned previously you try not to put too much effort into fo focusing on the opposition. So then what do you do for mm. your own side? What are the key things that you just want to see from your girls today? Yeah, absolutely. And look, when I say we don't put a lot of time in it, we do obviously acknowledge, um, we, we, we watch the game, we look at, I guess, some of their um, APW players and, and potentially um, bigger ball winners and, and little things like that. But certainly we don't go into full opposition analysis presentations of the playing group. Um, but 
Yeah, to answer your question from, uh, from our point of view, we certainly want to continue on with uh, what worked for us last week. And that, that really stemmed from uh, two key things for us, and that's winning the contested ball, um, which I think uh, most coaches would like to see. It, it sets you up for success uh, in any level of football. So contested footy um, and how we defend the forward half. So we acknowledge that uh, probably across that four-game losing streak, uh, we were letting teams average about uh, 18 to 20 scoring shots a game. And if you're doing that, you're, you're going to struggle to um, to win games of footy. So we just want to try and defend our forward half better. Um, and we felt we did that last week, keeping Casey to about 10 or 11 scoring shots. Uh, yeah, morning, Luke. So a huge opportunity for... Tara Delgado, uh, who's on debut from mm. the Northern Knights. Um, she usually plays in defence. Is that going to be the case uh, as she plays for the Blues today? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So we've got Tara and we've got Maeve Chaplin who debuted last week against Casey. So we've got the two of them uh, playing today. I think they're off to champs either next weekend or the one after um, for their last game there. So um, no, great opportunity to have them both in the side. Um, but yes, Tara will be playing down back um, and uh, from all reports. So I haven't seen her play in a game. only had her at training myself but more reports um, yeah really strong one on one and uh, yeah hopefully we'll do a great job she'll probably take one of the tools uh, this week so um, yeah looking forward to having her in the team uh, Luke must be pretty stiff to have Brooke, Brooke Walker Walker come into the team last week kick three goals and now she's been out managed um, who do you think will sort of take on that role that she played uh, last week but it must be pretty hard when someone comes in performs like that and then is out the next week Oh, yeah, look, it's not ideal. I think uh, any coach would tell you at any level that uh, consistency in your playing group is, is what you strive for and what uh, can be a real key to success. But, um, oh, look, it's the, the environment we're in, um, in that we're trying to sort of keep games into those AFLW listed players before their uh, 2022 season, which, from all reports, is going to be a lot sooner than uh, it was previously expected. So, um, yeah, keeping games into them. But um, as you guys will know, we can only play 10 each week. Um, so if one goes out, it's another opportunity for someone else to, to get some game time. So um, Charlotte Wilson will play as our, uh, I guess, our key tall, but uh, we've also got um, Kayla pa- uh, Peterson, who's coming back in uh, this week, um, who should be able to provide a lot of mobility as sort of a, a tall that can play on the ground as well. So um, uh, we feel like Boss Brook is um, a great player and, and gave us a lot last week and, and was great uh, on the scoreboard and a lot of forward pressure. Uh, we think that uh, while she's out, we've got a couple of players coming in that uh, should get to fill that void. Yeah, and obviously, that's obviously we've touched on those AFLW players, but they're moving across to obviously the mainstays in your team, players like Amelia Klingbell, um, Esther Honeybun. Yep. How good is it just to have those players that week in, week out are always solid and performing? Oh, you hit the nail on the head. Um, it's, you know finding consistency in performance um, with young developing players is one of the harder things to do and, and when you do get it and you have, have a period of time where, where players are getting some consistency and games under their belt um, yeah it makes it makes the stability in the side um, really strong and, and sets you up for success um, in relation to, to how you play and your results so yeah the players like uh, Millie and, and Esther uh, Paige Trudgeon down the back line who's um, since moving back, she was playing forward earlier in the season, so she's gone back as a key defender and um, you know, has played with some big names in uh, you know, Sabrina Frederick and, and some others. It's um, doing a great job down there. So, um, no, we're really confident in some of those mainstays uh, on the VFW list that, uh, yeah, perform every week. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Luke, and uh, good luck for today and for the rest of the season. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. That was Luke O'Shaughnessy, the coach of Carlton. On the line there, he sounds... Like a very confident coach heading into this uh, this tough game, eighth versus second. And as he said, they broke a losing streak last week and 
trying to keep a winning streak alive, I think. Yeah, quite convincingly as well um, over Casey winning uh, 51-25. to 25. And I tell you what, that's, that's, the com that's the confidence booster that you need. And it's just like... Yeah. That's why he sounds a bit up and about. I think we can definitely get that vibe from that conversation we just had. And But um, at the same time, wouldn't want to get too confident, I don't think. But nevertheless, it's uh, it's definitely a confidence booster to get that win. And I think they're optimistic. I think they might be optimistic, the Blues, heading into this uh, round 12 game. Uh, as you mentioned, Tara Delgado on VFW uh, debut will be lining up in defence. They also have Maeve Chaplin of the Northern Knights, who played her first game uh, last week. Kayla Peterson back in the side um, as well for the Blues. So they've got a few good uh, key position players coming in, but now on the line, we're joined by uh, Geelong coach Andrew Bruce. Andrew, how are you this morning? Yeah, very good, thank you. Good to have you on uh, with us. What is the mindset uh, going into the game today? Uh, our mindset is that we're coming up against uh, some really good opposition who um, have changed their team you know, recently significantly in the last few weeks and it's going to be a really a hard game for us. So we're really positive for what we're going to do but um, we understand and we're, we're playing against some good opposition. Yeah, and how much effort do you kind of put into looking at the Carlton side throughout the week or is it more just focusing on your own team? Um, we have an awareness of what what their side looks like, um, but most definitely we really concentrate on what we're doing, and um, we just try and get better each week. Um, work on the things through the week that we haven't done so well the week before, and and hopefully we get them right today. Andrew, you do have some really good young players. I think a few weeks ago your top six or seven ball winners were under the age of twenty. What's it like coaching yep. a, a really young group and seeing them excel? Yeah, it's it's very exciting for us coach as as coaches. Um, so all the girls are really good, um, and they listen to, to every bit of direction they're given. Um, they ask lots of questions, which is fantastic, and um, you know they're getting some really good results. And and not only results for us um, as a group and putting us in a good position, but hopefully results for them for, for next year and where they want to be with their football. Yeah, and obviously this is only this is just three games left heading into the finals, and you're in a nice little patch of form. How important is it now for you to just keep going with that and have that real confidence heading into these last games? Yeah, really important. Um, I just just spoke to the group then, and we've put ourselves in a really good position. Um, but now is the time to, to actually um, keep keep driving that and make sure that we don't hop in, hop in any any of our um, facets of play. So. Um, as I said, we're, we're in a good position at the moment, but that can change if we have a poor three weeks. Um, so we're, we're looking to just keep on pressing and, and winning the, our last three games. Jess Foley comes in for her second game. Just cur curious to know how uh, she got her way into the hoops. Was it always planned she was going to play a few games um, or did she sort of watch the girls playing while being the doctor and thought, I want to I come back? <laughs> um, yeah, I think always kind of planned. Um, so Jess uh, is the VFL men's doctor. So um, we knew that um, they kind of, with, with them playing at uh, the same times and often training at the same times, that um, she was going to be able to play a lot of games. So we, once we get the draw, we work out what games she can play. Um, she comes and trains on a Thursday night with us um, and um, she played against, was two weeks ago and was, was outstanding for us um, so we hope to have her for um, at least two of the next three games 
Yeah, awesome. And she's such an experienced head and obviously an AFLW Premiership player. So it must be great to have her in the side. But, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us and good luck for today and the rest of the season. Awesome. Thanks. Great to talk to you. Bye. Coach of Geelong VFLW there, Andrew Bruce. They're on a seven-game winning streak at the moment. The Cats, they'll be feeling very confident heading into the back end of the season. But I just still love that Jess Foley is playing. Like, I just think that's great. Um, doctor of the uh, VFL men's team, as he mentioned, and now she's she's putting on the hoops and such. She was a, I think, played basketball for Australia as well. So some good experience. Will she qualify for finals if she plays the next couple of games? What's the... She will. Peter Holden, our producer, is nodding. He's ahead of us as we ask that question. But good to hear both the coaches sort of with their mindset as well. Um, Carlton obviously coming in with confidence after a big win last week over Casey and sort of not the opposite for the, the Cats, but kind of we've done really well to get here. Let's try and hold on to it. Yeah, that's probably a very good way to put it. It's a little bit of a different... You've got one side that's completely up and about. We've got this big win. Let's continue this momentum, whereas you've got the other side that's really trying hard to hold on to that momentum, which sometimes can be a little bit harder as you get into these last three matches when you know you'll be playing finals. It's round 12 of the VFLW. Carlton taking on the Cats at Icon Park. The first bounce will be at 11am. We're just going to take a quick break and we'll be back with the first bounce after this. The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At Oz Harvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to Oz Harvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food. There are plenty of Classic Hits radio stations, but this is where GoRadio.Live is different. We unashamedly select the best music from our chosen era. We develop programs that provide the music with minimal interruption. For many hours of the day, you won't hear any announcers, just great music and the occasional station ID. We let the music play through until the end, no crossfades and no announcers talking over the start and end of tracks. We think you're going to love GoRadio.Live, radio as it should be. Check it out at www.goradio.live or download the free app from Google Play or the App Store. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> They're my grandkids. Gee, they can make some noise. But you know what? It's a beautiful sound because they're alive and having fun. The sound I hate is silence in the pool. When a child drowns, you hear nothing. No splashing, no cries for help. Be vigilant around water. Fence the pool, shut the gate. I teach your kids to swim, it's great. Supervise, watch your mate, and learn how to resuscitate. I'm Laurie Lawrence. Kids alive, do the five. Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the NAB League Girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz.
Welcome back to the VFLW match of the day. Carlton taking on Geelong. My name is Lucy Walken alongside Lauren Borden and Jono Venn. Teams are just going through their final warm-ups. Oh, not their final warm-ups. Still got a few warm-up tops out there. So they're still just warming up. They'll head back to the rooms and come out for the first bounce at 11am. But we probably couldn't start talking about a Carlton game without touching on the subject of Taylor Harris. Now, uh, yet just yesterday, the news broke that contract talks between her and the Blues have broken down. And she is set to look for her third club, club at the VFLW level. No one's quite sure where that club is going to be. Um, and also just making it tricky is a few theories, I think, uh, over the last few months have been floated of, uh, well, trade her to Gold Coast, get the number one pick and bring Georgie Press Parkers to the Blues. But because uh, Gold Coast was one of those clubs who received assistance from the AFL, they can't trade those first few picks. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But Lauren, what has your take sort of been on this situation? Well, it's starting to drag on a fair bit now. I think it's been... It was probably two weeks ago, probably even a little bit more than that, we started talking about it and now Carlton's just come out, or Daniel Harford's come out on radio and officially said, yeah, actually things aren't going too well. I think I can see why Taylor Harris is such a valuable uh, marketing tool, really, more than probably her performances in the last... Um, probably the last season. So I think that's where... But it's, you know, you've got clubs that are going to have to weigh that up beyond, you know, are we willing to pay her what she wants for what she gives us beyond the field? Or are we more interested in maybe paying a couple of players less and getting two or three good players to our side and look more on field? It's an interesting point, Jono. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's um, it's going to be interesting, you know. I suppose juggling around the salary cap and understanding, right, how do we... How do we justify paying 150, maybe 200 grand? Maybe it might come to that, you know. Um, there's there's only so much you can do in a year. Um, whether it's... So, you've got the AFLW season, as I read, I think. A player would get maybe 80 grand at most, and then that's generally, uh, uh, I suppose, balanced after that with work at the club. So how much work would Taylor Harris have to do besides, um, I suppose, playing? She could, you know, social media, whatever, sort of PR and that sort of thing. There's that, but there has to be a lot of it, you know? Mm. It's hard because there is only so much designated money uh, that obviously comes through the tiered player payment system, but also for appearances, media, um, and sort of that tied uh, to the club. Um, and as Jono mentioned, quite a few... Oh, not quite a few, but a few players do have the option to, you know, have their salary kind of offset by a job with the club, which is... Um, which for Taylor, I know her job with the club was uh, sort of uh, made redundant due to COVID last year, which makes it really, really tough. But Sorry, no. I'm very much in the camp of Taylor Harris deserves to be paid $150,000. Every player in the AFLW deserves to be paid a lot more money. Um, for Taylor Harris, she's the biggest face of the competition. Her performance is very much based on confidence um, a lot of the time. And I think a club that does pick her up will be very lucky because she has the skill, the some, you know, some of the highest skills of any player. And if you can get her com comfortable, get her confident, she will be a very good player. Just for those playing at home, uh, and particularly myself, as I try and think about a lot of things here. What was uh, Taylor's, I suppose, role 
aside from playing? Like, what? what, what uh, was she worked with the um, NGA, so the Next Generation Academy. Right. Yeah. And I know when she was at the uh, Lions as well, she uh, had a job working with them uh, as well, as as well as being a marquee player. Um, so I think one of the hard things, like most people in plenty of industries, is COVID has disrupted a lot, especially with sports, especially with the AFL sure. um, and AFLW, which I think makes it uh, a lot trickier. I mean, it it does seem quite lucrative for someone perhaps like Tal. I mean, it's a long way down the track, sure, but it's a great opportunity to perhaps get in the coach's box and just, like, because if you've got, um, especially later in the VFLW season, once the AFL is done and dusted, perhaps... Get yourself some coaching experience. And, yeah, coaching pays a lot. It's a really hard job, but it still would actually pay lots for both monetary-wise and, of course, on a personal level. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess if she's working with the Next Generation Academy, she's probably got a little bit of that experience coming through uh, with the younger... It's probably just as a mentor role, though, isn't it? Like... Yeah, I honestly, I don't know what the role was yeah. with the NGA Academy. Sure. I just, I just know that she worked, um, she worked with them uh, for Carlton. But it's definitely an interesting discussion because, um, you know, it's it's really hard as well because with draft picks, not to say they're not valuable in the other states, but because it's not a national draft um, pick, sometimes, you know, then they are not as valuable in interstate regions because you sort of know the players you're going to get. Um, it doesn't really matter. Uh, what what picks they have, what order they have. We've seen Geelong do it um, when they had the Metro and Geelong region. Uh, they, I think it was Liv Purcell. They picked up at, I think, um, pick 16 or so in the draft because they knew. we don't. They went for Sophie van der Heuvel, I think, at two or three because she had um, nominated for all of Victoria. They, they had identified her, and so they said, let's use a pick on a player that may be chosen. It's why Elise Parker went at number 12, arguably would have been the top five if it was if it was a national draft. So it is difficult to sort of identify the value of the picks that will get tailored to another club as well, which makes it really tricky. Yeah, that's true. And it is worth probably shopping yourself around a little bit anyway, because you are a bit of a marketable player. I guess the only way sometimes you don't want it to backfire is if she ends up staying at Carlton. And I think by the looks of it, she seems to be fairly popular at the club anyway um, just from obviously looking around on social media and stuff um, so you just don't want it to backfire the other way that now everyone kind of knows your contract negotiations and what you're asking for at the club everybody remembers you know the social media gaff and all that you know you got it got to post at eight o'clock you know that that sort of thing and uh, look I mean some so I mean most people have probably gotten over that but yeah. I think the compromise would need to be very significant for Taylor because you think, because, you know, when you go on a bargain hunt, you think, you know, you're just going to get it to that sweet spot. But where's it going to end up? Nobody knows. We'll find out. It's going to be intriguing with the trade AFW trade and sign period starting on the 31st of May. So just nine days away does that period start. There's plenty of rumours buzzing around. Liv Purcell, as we mentioned earlier in the broadcast, could be on her way to Melbourne um, as well, which is a pertinent discussion with Carlton taking on Geelong today. It's round 12 in the VFLW. Essendon are taking on North Melbourne. They currently lead 2-5-17 to 1-8-8 at Windy Hill. And Port Melbourne v Casey has just kicked off. And Port Melbourne lead 2-12 to the Casey Demons 1-3-9. 
We're going to have a quick break and on the other side, the first bounce here at Icon Park. A tough time doesn't excuse abusive behaviour at home. Even in crisis, there's no place for domestic or family violence. If you, your family or community is affected, help is available online and by phone 24-7. For free, confidential advice, support and counselling for everyone, contact 1-800-RESPECT. There's no place for domestic or family violence. Help is here. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. How often should you wash your hands? Maybe around nine times a day. Four? Like 20? Maybe twice a day. Whenever they feel dirty. When should you wash your hands? After you touch some raw meat. And before starting to eat. At the beginning, I wash my hands before preparing food. How would you rate your knowledge of food safety? Probably like an eight out of ten. Six or seven. Seven point five? Learn more at foodsafety.asn.au slash food safety training. Food safety, it's in your hands. Been playing for a while, sweet kicks. Cause footy makes you smile, sweet kicks football. If you're getting ready for the trials, gotta go the extra mile, sweet kicks football. Not always hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au Gotta go the extra mile Sweet Kicks Football <laughs> They're my grandkids. Gee, they can make some noise. But you know what? It's a beautiful sound because they're alive and having fun. The sound I hate is silence in the pool. When a child drowns, you hear nothing. No splashing, no cries for help. Be vigilant around water. Fence the pool, shut the gate. I teach your kids to swim, it's great. Supervise, watch your mate and learn how to resuscitate. I'm Laurie Lawrence. Kids alive, do the five. It's Anna Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. Elder abuse can take many forms. Financial abuse is the most common. He said, Mum, I'll get the money for you. I gave him my card. He's my son. And then I got a call from the bank manager. I never expected this from my daughter. If I don't change my will, I can't see the grandkids again. For free confidential support, call 1-800-ELDER-HELP. That's 1-800-353-374. The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At Oz Harvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to Oz Harvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food. No business wants to throw money away. 
But did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? Planet Ark's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions and give you a competitive edge. Join the 1 million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's just good business. certainly is and we're here on a sunny Melbourne day at Icon Park. My name is Lucy Walken. Calling alongside me will be Lauren Borden and on special comments, Jono Venn. At the moment, it's just the cats out on Icon Park with only three minutes to go until the first bounce of this round 12 clash. Carlton, a must-win game for them after impressive showing against Casey last week and the Cats, they came from behind to defeat the Southern Saints last week to keep a seven-game winning streak alive and put them to second on the ladder. Now, just before we head to the bounce, Lauren, your tip for today. I think it's a little bit hard to go past Geelong today, so I'll probably tip them by, I'm going to say four goals. I think they'll push it out a little bit in the second half and it'll go up to four goals. Jono, what about you? Voice tip the underdog whenever I'm here on WARF Radio, but you watch, it's going to bite me on the bum, but I'm <laughs> going to say Geelong as well. And Well, it probably won't, but let's see. Um, I think the Blues, yeah, they're feeling good, but yeah, Geelong for mine in second, definitely. Geelong are my tip today as well. The young players out there have been so impressive for the Cats. Carlton, though, they do have some good ins uh, today, but I think the Cats will just be a little bit too strong sitting in second. Carlton in eighth. few players to watch out for today for the Blues. Tara Delgado is making her VFLW debut. Had Vic Metro honours this year and played for the Northern Knights. Northern in, Knights Footy Factory. In the NAB League. Her teammate of the Northern from the Northern Knights, Maeve Chaplin, will also be out there. She debuted last week in the game against Casey. Had six disposals and four tackles. So a pretty good little introduction to VFLW footy for her last week. For the Cats, Jess Foley, AFLW Premiership player with the Crows, is in the hoops after being the doctor for the VFL men's side. Um, but also for me, uh, Laura Gardner has had an incredible uh, season this year. Was only drafted to the Cats last year, but averaging 23.4 disposals and nine tackles. So she's one to watch out for. And also Olivia Barber, who was also drafted last year to the Cats. She's only played four games, but she's kicked 10 goals. So she's definitely a big key forward to watch out for. Today, Carlton taking on Geelong at Icon Park. Carlton must have spent a fair bit out on the park in the pre-game because because even though they came out with two minutes or so to spare, they're, they're just as ready as Geelong. So it's interesting. And it's also uh, good to see uh, star AFLW Carlton player in Darcy Vessio uh, in the runner's kit this morning. So, um, She's been doing yeah, a bit she'll... of running for Darabin lately too. So uh, Darabin uh, in the... Um, 
Nolan Footy League, not so much. Darabin. Oh, gee, I thought, hang on a second. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I know she's a Darabin legend, but like, <laughs> I was like, hang on a second. She played for Legions. Yeah, speaking of, uh, speaking of legendary runners, uh, big shout out, of course, uh, goes to uh, Sarah Perkins uh, from the Gold Coast uh, Sun. She came down last week uh, to, the, to her former side in the Eastern Devils and uh, came around for us. So that was pretty special. So lots of, uh, I suppose, marquee runners out in the park in recent uh, weeks, which is great to see. Yeah, some star runners, as you just mentioned, Jono, for the uh, for Carlton. Darcy Vessio and Karen Harrington will be relaying the messages to the Carlton girls. Good share. Uh, first bounce will happen just moments away. My name's Lucy Walken, but to take us away, Lauren Borden. So the umpire throws the ball up and goes first into the hands of Carlton, into the hands of McAvoy, who can just get a little tap out, but it doesn't go too far. It stays in the hands of her teammates, who are able just to get the ball out wide and buy themselves a little bit of space. So running onto it there was Chaplin. She gathers and grabs the ball. She's tackled to the ground and pulled to the ground, still pushing away there. In fact, it was Plain. Plain's got it, and she gets a little hand pass out. And it's pushing forward now towards Carlton's forward 50. They're kicking to the right-hand side of your radio dial. Push back a bit from the Geelong players. Again, back into the hands of Plain. Plain's taken to ground, and it'll be a ball up on the wing. So just in centre wing here now on Icon Park. Natalie Plain lining up there against Steph Williams of the Cats. Shepard tried to take it with one hand from the contest, was wrapped up by Mackay. And so... We'll have another ball up pretty much in the exact same position. Karras, Borg, go with go for it. Wrapped up there was Gehring by McAvoy and the umpire crosses his arms again. We'll have a third stoppage. The ball hasn't moved very far in this first quarter so far. Karras and Borg again. Karras tapped it down. Clearance by Van der Heuvel was just smothered. Tapped by Plain was good. Found Lang. It got back to Walker who was beset upon and now Gehring. She's going to bounce the ball inside 50. Barber meets it. Gets the handball away to Woolett. Just lost her footing. Gehring just got the handball away. Still it's inside 50 for the Cats. McAvoy tried to extract the footy but no it's only the Cats here. Williams. She going to get clean possession. Bounces into the hand of Borg who got a handball to Plain who sends it towards the wing to to a teammate in Lawrence. Lawrence just fumbled the footy, kept it in front. Wilson came in to help but couldn't get possession and now Egan on half forward. Picks it up, wrapped up, held without it. Umpire didn't call it. Gunjaka just paddled it away and now it's going to be over the boundary line for a throw-in. Early impressions, John Oven. I must say, I, look, uh, during one of our brief uh, breaks. I just sort of went outside a bit. The conditions are absolutely marvellous. It's warmed up very nicely. Perfect day for footy this morning here at Icon Park. So the umpire throws it back in at centre half forward for the Blues. Up go the rucks and it's brought to ground. Getting on her hands on it there was Guerin. So the ball falls ground. It's still in the hands of Carlton. They're able to hang on to it. They've been able to keep possession early on in this game, but just haven't been able to penetrate their 50 yet. And it's into the hands of Geelong. It'll be another turnover there. McAuliffe just puts it on the boot. She sends it high and she sends it straight out of bounds. So it'll go into the hands of Geelong and they'll try and go on the counter-attack here through Shepard. So Shepard plays on from the kick in, sends it towards the centre wing. She was looking for a teammate in Georgia Clark who couldn't take the mark and numbers came around the footy umpire, held his arms just across his chest and will have a ball up, centre wing. 
So Geelong have had the only inside 50 so far, but now McAvoy wins the clearance for the Blues, sends it towards half forward. Gets it now to McAvoy, who goes short to Egan. Gets it on her chest. Gunjaka goes to ground. Now Plain goes for a run. Sends it towards goal, floating just to the left. So first uh, score of the day goes the way of the Blues, and it's a behind. I mean, that was a really perfect sequence in the sense that Plain was just ready to just grab it and go, but fortunately couldn't quite convert as the ball comes outside 50 and Geelong has it. Geelong didn't waste any time there getting started and getting the ball out of their defensive 50. It's Gunjaka who sends the ball straight into the centre wing of the ground on the outer side of Icon Park. A few players around the ball, numbers going on to dive on the ball. It's able just to come out a little bit. Still plenty of players around the ball just fumbling and trying to gather control. It's Geelong who are able to get their hands on the footy and just push it a little bit towards their half-forward line. Carlton have numbers around the ball, brought to ground. Plenty of players on top, and it looks like the umpire will run in and have a th will have a throw-up. Centre-half forward for Geelong. So, Cats just setting up at half-forward. Claudia Gunjaka started the chain from the kick-in, but now it's going to be Guerin who sends it up the line for the Blues, looking for Lawrence. Couldn't take the mark, paddled it over the boundary line, so... We'll have a throw-in on the outer side of Icon Park. So Ball's got her hand up, as does Karras. They'll be contesting for the ruck today. So Borg front position, goes over her head, gets out the back to Gehring. She wheels, gets the handball to a teammate in Smith. She was wrapped up immediately by Lawrence. Ball comes out the back through the legs of Gehring and Vanderheuvel just bumps away from the pack. Little dinky kick over the top, was looking for a teammate. Found Clark, wrapped up immediately. Handball out the back to Gehring. Another quick handball found Karras, wrapped up by Borg, holding the ball. So Georgia Borg of the Blues wins the free kick on the outer wing. It's Carlton by one point. Fantastic work there by Borg to send it forward. Her kick's intercepted there, but running after it, though, is Egan. She keeps it in the hands of the Blues. She just puts it on the right boot and pops it up to half forward for her side. Intercept there, taken uh, by Tatlock, it looks like, from Geelong, but she can't gain any ground for Geelong. And again, the ball's pulled into a little bit of a pack, and it's Egan at the back who's able to pull it out with a small hand pass. She does the one-two and gets the ball back, shrugs off a tackle, gets it to her teammate who's pulled to ground in Lawrence. And it's Geelong who's able to kick away here and gather a little bit of ground for their side. They kick it into centre wing. It's all the play on the opposite side of the ground at Icon Park. And it's the Blues who managed to again get the kick up, getting her hands onto it. There was Honeybun. She's able to gather it and again push her side forward. She goes back and collects and runs onto the ball. Gets it inside 50 for the Blues. Little string of handballs here as the Blues try and maintain possession. But they're just struggling to get it into their inside 50. It quickly falls in there, getting away there was Garen. She couldn't get the kick away before she was tackled, but the Blues have a chance here in the arms of Jones. She puts it on the boot, but she swings it right. So it's another behind for the Blues. They're leading Geelong two behinds to no score. It's largely been player on player at the moment throughout the entire contest this first quarter, and Carlton have been able to sneak out the back. They just haven't been able to capitalise with the goals. So almost seven minutes gone as Mesner sends it back from the throw-in. Went through a couple of Geelong's players' arms as Lang went in for the footy. Shepard now. She's got it for Geelong. Gets to a teammate and Gardner sends it up the line and Trudgeon of the Blues. As Luke O'Shaughnessy mentioned pre-game, playing that role 
on the key tall of Geelong, which is Olivia Barber. Trudgeon sends it up the line. Coming in was Kling Beal. Akela Peterson, she collected it, tried to get it to Ball, couldn't take possession. Lang, Nikki Hamble was trying to find Kling Beal. It was slapped away. Now here come the Cats. Smith, she got it to her teammate in Fuller. Fuller dropped the footy. Smith, strong tackle. Made the ball bounce out to Van der Heuvel, who just pumps it on the boot and gets it inside 50. It's a foot race between Walker. She got it. Kick was affected. Just is going to work out for McAuliffe. Got it. Big handball over the top. Found Mackay. Time and space. Kick up the line. Couldn't find her teammate in Egan. Gunjaka just got a handball to Karras, who sends it to centre-half forward. Doing really well was Pratt. Her handball, though, missed the intended target in Van der Heuvel. Had to put her body on Egan to disrupt the disposal. And she did well because now the blue, uh, the Cats are holding it up on the edge of the centre square. It pops out to Lang. Now Egan, stripped of the footy. Handball back now to Pratt. Her handball over the top found Gehring. She's got Shepard if she wants. That's who she uses at half forward. Umpire says, advantage, play on. Shepard sends it inside 50 for Barber. Can't take the mark. Honeybun comes through to mop up for the Blues. Sends it to half forward. It's a high ball and it's going to be marked by Renee Gehring. So it's Gehring who's got the ball and just plays on. She spots her teammate running at her and she finds her teammate in Johnson who takes a strong mark. But she opts to go across and send a centering ball to her teammate who will now take a shot from goal 30 metres out. That is the number 18 in Laura Garden. I tell you what, she just had time and space. Time and space and... Should go back and probably kick this. It doesn't look too difficult. And uh, in the perfect conditions of uh, today's match here at Icon Park, it, I don't think this one will be in doubt too much as she approaches for the kick. So it's Gardner who will be going for her fourth goal of the season as she trots in, puts it on the right boot and sends it straight through the middle. So the first goal of today's match will go to Geelong. It's the Cats here at Icon Park. One goal straight leading Carlton just the two behinds in this round 12 clash at Icon Park. So really smart play by the catch there, just lowering the eyes inside 50, working it to a teammate in a better position inside 50. That's Laura Gardner's fourth goal of this VFLW season. One of the very fast improving players from the 2020 draft. You're listening to VFLW round 12, Carlton taking on Geelong here at Icon Park. And it's Geelong by four points. Lucy Watkin, Laura Burden and Jono Venn with you. Umpire throws it up back in the middle of the ground. Ball won the tap down. Kling Bill just through her hands. Was in pursuit and was wrapped up. Egan, she wrapped up Smith, who's just trying to bust her way through a tackle. She's still going. I think she was going to run all the way to centre-half forward with Egan on her back if the umpire didn't intervene there. But she's called for it back and we're going to have a ball up just on the half of for Geelong. Winning the tap down there was Geelong. Handball there to Gehring. She'll send it inside 50. Barber wrestles. Couldn't take the mark. Now Woolett around the corner. Bouncing ball that will just trickle over the boundary line. And we'll have a throw in inside forward 50 for the Cats in that left forward pocket. So they won the centre clearance there. The Cats and the umpire will set himself inside forward 50. So Barber is going to come up against Borg in the ruck. Barber gets out the back. Egan's there for the Blues. Tackled immediately. Kick off the ground. Found Pratt. Kick over the top into the path of Clark. 
She's in pursuit, got the shepherd from her teammate, but was wrapped up immediately. Players come in over the top, and the umpire crosses their arms and will have a ball up inside 50. So just a couple of push and shoves there from a few of the players inside Geelong's forward 50 as they start to gain a little bit of the momentum here and lock the ball inside their forward 50. And again, there's a few Geelong players out the back of the pack, but the ball's in dispute and it's coming at the bottom. Running onto it is Egan. She's able to pick it up, but she's under a lot of pressure and she gets a quick handball out and does well to do that. So running onto it there is Gurr and she's able to grab it, but she's brought to ground. So it goes into the hands of Geelong. So it's Geelong now with another opportunity to go forward. The ball pops up to the pack at the back there for Geelong was French. They couldn't grab it. So again, it's into the arms of Carlton who just start to get a little bit of a string of a handball handballs along here. They're under a lot of pressure, so they can't go far and opt for short kicks, but they're intercepted by Geelong, who are able to get a few hands on it. Again, it goes back and forth in a bit of a pack. Both teams going at it, and neither side able to gain control of the ball. Running onto it there was Pratt from Geelong, who did the best work there just to get it to her side with a quick handball. It'll be holding the ball, though, from Geelong. It'll go into the hands of Carlton, and Klingbar will have a chance now to send the Blues forward as they look for their first goal of the day. Carlton so, really got to be quick here because, yeah, they're running out of options in terms of being able to use the space because Geelong are quickly just sort of shutting them down. So Klingbeal turned the tables and gearing there, got the, ham the free kick for holding the ball as she moves it up the line. No one could take the mark. So ball's held up for another throw up foot by the umpire. Attacking side of the wing for the Blues now is Egan all on her own. Dodges through the pack, kick around the body. Just found her teammate in Jones, and Jones wheels and goes, sends it inside 50. Akela Peterson's all on her own, kicks it towards goal, just left. So Akela Peterson ran from the bench, picked it up inside 50, and just sends it wide. So Carlton, three scoring shots to one, but they still trail by three points. Seems as if they're doing everything right. They just need to capitalise on the scoreboard. Take your time, just relax, and and focus on the, um, I suppose, the little things, which, of course, one of those things is kicking as they come out of the fence here, Geelong. So they come out of the fence by the hands of Gardner, who just sends a nice little kick towards Foley. The Adelaide Premiership player opts for another short kick, goes over the head of her teammate, though, so running onto it could be Klingbell to cause a turnover here for the Blues. She gathers the ball on the ground. She can't quite find a teammate, clearly, but there's plenty of Carlton players around there, and it's Klingbell who'll get the ball back after she stands up, and she'll hit send the hand pass to Gurr. Gurr gets it across, and her teammate's wrapped up, and the umpire will come in and throw the ball up on the outer side of the ground with Carlton currently trailing by three points here at Icon Park. Six minutes left in the first term. So the clearance won by Geelong, but only as far as Brianne and Gurr on the centre wing or the outer side. She sends it back from where it came, flying over the top. One-handed mark there was brilliant by Annabelle Johnson of the Cats. She's looking to go inboard. Teammate, though, was pushed in the contest. And so will win the free kick, Sophie van der Heuvel. One of Geelong's inaugural draftees. Sends it towards the outer wing, looking for Smith. Went over her head. Now Walker of the Blues is in pursuit. Williams comes in to tackle her. Her handball to Klingbau was slapped away. Now Walker back again, almost taken high. Umpire doesn't call it. Wilson got a handball away to Jarvis. Jarvis couldn't quite get a clean possession, and now it ends up in the hands of Gurr. So Mackay ends up with the ball on half back. 
for the Blues and sends it wide to Wilson on the outer wing. So Charlotte Wilson playing not in her Very usual role. There. Not playing in her usual role in defence, Charlotte Wilson, but she's going to be the key forward, key tall up forward for the Blues today. So Gerd, the recipient of a very short kick, and she herself chooses to go barely the 15 as Carlton just slowly do their best to work the ball down the ground. It drops to ground. Running onto it there was plain. She's had plenty of the ball early in this term. She couldn't quite control that one. So it's Geelong who were able to gain a little bit of possession, and they'll go here with a little hand pass. Again, they couldn't gain much ground. Plenty of ball just left in this contested match that we've had so far. And the umpire will come in to break it up in the centre square and we'll have a ball up. So it'll be both rucks going up to just see if one side can gain another goal in this tough match that we've had so far. Not too many scoring opportunities. Those that we have seen have gone the way of Carlton and they'll try and go forward again here. Getting hands on the ball there was Guerin, but it'll go into the hands of Geelong. It'll go Geelong's way. Now they can gain about 10 metres there, but again, it's just stopped, intercepted and brought to ground. Bit of a chance there coming from Van de Heuvel to get it forward, but it's blocked by Carlton. The ball, though, heading to Geelong's forward 50, running onto it. There is Pratt. Pratt gets the ball, picks it up, dodges her opponent, puts it on the left boot, and she'll find the goal square, and it'll bounce, it'll bounce, but it'll bounce to the right, and it'll be Geelong's first behind of the day, 1-1-7. They're leading Carlton three behinds. It's going a little bit too late there, I reckon. She had a little bit more time at the goal line. She could have just sort of tapped it in, but then again, there was no one there. So, oh, almost had it. Almost had it. It's about three minutes to go in the first term as the bull, as the Bulldogs, as the Blues look to bring it back into play. Gearin goes for the attempted spiral. It bounces inside the centre square and no one's there. Kayla Peterson went to run onto it but overran the football. Now Williams of the Cats ends up with it. She's in pursuit. Peterson, massive tackle. Solid tackle. Gets Williams on the edge of the centre square and will get rewarded with the free kick. Kayla Peterson playing her first game since round seven against Port Melbourne. Her kick though was intercepted by Johnson. Johnson of the Cats, she's on the, on the arc. Keeps it in front, but the, the numbers are with the Blues. Smith from the Cats ends up with it. Now Maloney dodges her opponent, gets the handball back to Johnson, who goes for the centering kick and finds Van der Heuvel. Umpire didn't say play on, so Honeybun almost gave away the 50 encroaching in the protected zone. Van der Heuvel would have to kick it from about 40 metres out. Looks like she's going back to have the shot. So, on the approach, Van der Heuvel pops it on the right. Kick will have the distance, but not the accuracy. Just fades left for the Cats. That takes them to five points lead. About two, and a half, two minutes to go in the first quarter. A good-looking kick there from Van der Heuvel that just couldn't quite make it. So, it's Guerin now for the Blues. And she'll just send a long ball to gain as much distance as she can. She was looking for Lawrence, but it goes over the top of Lawrence's head. Luckily, she's got a teammate in Madden who can run in and get her hands out and just scoop the ball out. And she'll get it on the way to Gurr. Gurr gets it across to Trudgeon, puts it on the right boot and just sends it up to the top. It's a two-on-one for a teammate, and it's Peterson who could best she could do was bring the ball to ground. She goes after the ball 
to try and pick it up. Goes in for the tackle as well. It's coming out the back and it's Geelong who will have first choice of that ball via Gunjaka. Running onto it though here was just a clearing kick and running onto it becomes a little bit of a foot race there. Plane was in and amongst it, but so was Woolett. The ball's on the ground in the centre square. Again, little bit of a little bit of the ball being in dispute, but it comes out. Great job there done by Lang to just get it out and her teammates can find a little bit of space. So going there towards Carlton's attacking 50 was Mackay, but it gets intercepted and will be Geelong here through the hands of Pratt, who will just start to go on a run the other way. So they're at half back, the Cats. Now they're just going to thread it, try to thread it forward. Miss the intended target in Tatlock. She had Adi Punnybun for company. Just managed to get the handball away, but Lang was the recipient. And now Chaplin kicks it towards the boundary. It goes across, and Maddie Guerin didn't make much, too much of an effort to try and stop it from going over. So it's going to be a free kick in the hands of the Cats to Johnson. She comes in board to Gehring as we tick down to quarter time. Dodges Mackay. And now that's the siren for the first quarter. It's Geelong 1-2-8, trailing Carlton three behinds. So Geelong lead by five at quarter time here at Icon Park. You're listening to WARF Radio, VFLW Match of the Day. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with a second quarter after this. The mate with the high-tech Bluetooth fish finder, but not a life jacket. You know the type. So when enjoying the water, make the right call to keep your mates safe. Make sure they wear a life jacket. A message from your mates at Royal Life Saving. Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the NAB League Girls. Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz. The Smith family have been helping disadvantaged Australian children for decades. Today we focus on helping children break the cycle of disadvantage by supporting them to get the most out of their education. But right now, one in six Australian children are living in poverty and don't have what they need for school. These kids need a hand up, not a handout. You can help them get the school essentials they need to fit in and the extra learning support to keep up. Please sponsor an Australian child today. Search the Smith family. Winter has really set in. Time for hot drinks, warm soups, a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater. Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres. Hi, Kirk Pengilly from InXS here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today. It's 
Geelong leading Carlton by five points here at Icon Park in round 12. Teams just in the quarter time huddles. The goal kicker for uh, Geelong today was Lauren. Uh, Laura Gardner. Laura Gardner has kicked the one goal so far in this uh, matchup in round 12. Jono, what were your impressions of the game so far? I mean, early on, Carlton started really well playing in the player-on-player -player type um, tactics that you're generally accustomed to in women's footy. But I tell you what, they just sort of dropped off towards the end and it was just... You'd be frustrated if you're a Carlton coaching staff. So the key is to sort of just pick up the game a little bit and to, to, to catch Ge Geelong off guard a bit because at the moment, oh, the scoreboard may not reflect it. They're all over them at the moment. Yeah, if you sort of... I can see what Geelong... Um, what the uh, Carlton are trying to do. They're just uh, missing a few targets. Um, the ball's going to ground a bit easy. It's giving the Cats a bit of time to get on the defensive pressure, Lauren. Yeah, we have seen the Cats a little bit at the back of packs able just to have that time to pick up the ball. And look, it hasn't been a very clean game in terms of there's been a lot of um, running packs almost uh, where the ball's just been on the ground, a bit of toing and froing, um, of little hand passes and nothing too much. But I think from watching a couple of those uh, Geelong inside 50s there came in quite quickly and caught the Blues off guard a little bit and gave them a couple of uh, set shots. So I think that's something that Ge uh, Carlton's going to need to be wary of this quarter and probably where Geelong will gain a little bit of that ascendancy and that scoreboard pressure from. So Geelong are leading Carlton by five points. Carlton need to win to keep hopes of finals alive, whereas Geelong, they're sitting pretty in second on the ladder. They've won their last seven games. Jono, what do you think the messages are out there on the ground? Yeah, so as I said um, earlier, for Carlton, it's all about sort of matching Geelong's, you know, pressure and intensity around the footy, get more numbers and get it out quickly and just move the ball quicker. Geelong, I think... Just keep doing what you're doing. That that can be that can often be the uh, the coach's message at the um, at the quarter time and three quarter time huddles. Just just keep doing what you're doing. If you're in a good position, sure the scoreboard could could look a lot better, especially in um, in the case um, of Geelong having two behinds. But I think I think for Geelong, it's right where they want it at the moment. Definitely, it's still three scoring shots apiece, Carlton could be a little bit more even if they had been accurate inside 50 but just going around the grounds very close game happening at windy hill essendon 3 6 24 to carlton 3 4 22 going into the final quarter there and at casey fields casey casey lead 3 3 21 to port melbourne three straight 18 down at casey fields just half time there Later today, there'll be Darabin coming up against Collingwood, uh, Williamstown against the Hawks, and also the Southern Saints taking on the Bulldogs tomorrow as well. But we're here at Icon Park for the Cats taking on Carlton. My name is Lucy Watkin. Lauren Bur Borden is our lead caller, and we have John Oven on special comments as we looked to head to the second quarter. Lauren Borden to take us away. So it's Geelong leading by five points here as we head into the second quarter on Carlton's home deck of Icon Park. Beautiful winter's day in Melbourne. Sun shining on Icon Park as the ball re as the umpire restarts play and streaming out of the middle will be a Carlton inside 50. They try and they go fast and the mark is nearly taken by Peterson and it is it taken is. by Peterson. 
So she holds on to a grab, kicks straight out of the middle and into her arms. Jono, you mentioned they needed to catch Geelong out by doing something. Well, this is it, isn't it? Like, i tell you what, she'd love to score here. She comes in. So Peterson, proven goal kicker. She puts it on the boot. It doesn't look too good coming off the boot. And it oh goes dear. completely out of bounds on the full. No score there. So it'll be Geelong to kick it in with uh, the Cats still leading by five. And that's the unfortunate thing. The kick look, just looked a bit, I don't know, a bit careless. I don't know. It's, it was just one of those things. It's just like, yeah, yeah, I'll just kick it. I'll kick a goal if I'm a known goal kicker. It looked like a bit of a banana coming off the boot. Interesting. Pratt had the kick in and she sent it to Gunjaka who sends it up the outer wing. Trying to trap it in front was Smith. Just kept it in as she was being tackled by McAvoy. Lang now gets it to Egan who gets it over the top to McAvoy. Kick inside 50. Finds Gearin. Picked it up with one hand. Hit a brick wall. Got it again. Spun out of a tackle. He's going to handball it to herself. Kick off the ground. Has the foot race on. Plain. She gets there first but had company from Clark. Kick around the body, finds Egan in space, gets it to Peterson, runs away from a few, does a turning circle, handball off to Jones, kick around the body with a centering kick that finds Lawrence at the top of the square. The snap on goal goes straight through and Carlton have the first goal of the second quarter. And they also have the lead by one point. Absolutely splendid effort there. Carlton looked on the ropes as they were sort of in the goal place going, gee, how do we get it? How do we get it out of here? How do we sort of center the footy? And they did a good job of it ultimately resulting in a major. That was brilliant. So that brings the margin here for Carlton. Now they're two points ahead. So they've strangled back the lead there from Geelong. And geez, that was some quick play there by Carlton. Inside 50, straight out from the center bar, bounce to start the second term. Two scoring shots in a minute and a half. And now they'll have the lead here for the second term. The umpire comes in to restart play and up goes the ball. And again, it'll be Carlton with a little bit of a tap out here. They able to go forward by not too, but not too far. Stopping there. So sorry, it's Carlton leading by a point here at Icon Park. The ball's going into Geelong's attacking 50. They're trying to wrestle back the lead here. They've got a chance. The ball goes past the opponent. So Carlton gets a little bit of a chance here through the hands of Honeybun just to get it forward. But it's still a little bit of toing and froing. Geelong are able and still in this trying to wrestling, trying to wrestle the ball out there was Johnson. She does her best for Geelong just to keep the ball inside the 50 and it'll be a throw up inside Geelong's attacking 50, two and a half minutes into the second term. So up goes the ball again. Falls down into the hands of Geelong coming out the back there and getting the handball was Johnson. Johnson gathers it. It's a little bit of tough going here for Geelong but they're starting to get a string of handballs. Foley gets it and she puts it on the boot this time. She sends it in. But the back of the pack was trudging. He was able to take a strong mark as the tall down back there. And it's Carlton who were able to bring it out. And they uh -oh. bring it out as far as half back for their side. But getting tackled there was Guerin. She's brought to ground. Real great play there coming from Johnson. Hard at it. Hard work. And she gets the tackle down. And she'll get a throw in. Oh, no. She'll get the freeze. The free kick, yep. So the free kick there will be going to Guerin. So Guerin runs around, puts it on the right, sends it to the pack. Numbers were with the Blues and Borg will just send it wide. The kick, though, was in advantage for the Cats. And Barber, she runs out, pushes her opponent, and there'll be a free kick going the way of the Blues. Just under three and a half minutes gone here at Icon Park. And the main observation is Carlton are lifting their game a bit. They've got plenty of numbers around the footy, which is a result of their ball control. So all they have to do is just keep it up and 
for the next 17 to 50 odd minutes they've just got to keep going so McAvoy got a kick up the line was looking for Mackay found her had a one-two with Egan just in the boundary line and found Borg who sends it up the line did well to get it to Peterson who marked right on the boundary on the outer wing sends it high up towards a pack of players mark going to be taken by Jones so it will be the Cats now who can get it away it's picked off now by Borg. Borg handballs it in front of her, appeals to the umpire for a hold. Doesn't get it, and Williams gets the ball. She was pushed in the back by her opponent in Honey Bun. And so we'll take the free kick just on the edge of the centre circle. Handballs it off to Gunjaka, who sends it long inside 50, looking for Barber. Wrestles with Trudgeon, gets out the back. It's a three-on-one now to Barber. Keeps it in front, gets it in her hands. Tackled, holding the ball. Oh. Looks like an injury there to Barber in the tackle. She was taken down and her knee came behind her, came below her. So she's looks like a little bit of a serious injury there from the pain that she's in. She does look in a good way. Double whistle. So Drona's on the field just assessing the damage. But she's, uh, caught, she's killed over in that position where you just think, oh, it doesn't look good at this stage. So we'll have a brief delay here at Icon Park as the doctors just assess, but uh, she hasn't potentially moved. a knee. She hasn't moved since she went to ground and they're just standing on the sideline the with the stretcher here. Looks like they're not going to need it as the runners converge on Liv Barber. One of the most exciting players for the Cats uh, this season was showing a bit in the AFLW, was drafted just last year, has kicked 10 goals from four games uh, this season. So she was having a very physical battle up board with uh, Paige Trudgeon and credit to her was drawing two or three Blues defenders whenever the ball has gone inside 50 today. But such a shame to see her go down. Yeah, she was looking lively and was presenting, got her hands on uh, a few tips of the ball and was definitely presenting as an option for her teammates despite, like you said, a lot of close checking coming from there. And it was just in that tackle that she went under a little bit. And hopefully it's more of a hyperextension she looks sort of a, injury. Yeah, she looks in a lot of pain, Barbara. Just uh, seen a few facial expressions. Her head's just popped out the side. Doesn't look good at all. Doesn't look good at all. So she's still on the ground, still in the position that she was when she first went to ground. Just a few minutes to go, Olivia Barber. But Carlton, they keep the first goal of the second quarter. They lead by one point. It looks like they're really trying to lower the eyes, get the short kicks, trying to hit their targets, which they weren't able to do in the first quarter, Jono. Exactly. I think, um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's an interesting game here where ball's going to and fro. There's no team that has uh, any particular, I suppose, stream of possession. But once a team gets onto it, it's uh, it's just a flowing effect from there. So, yeah, so Carlton definitely improving at this stage. And, uh, yeah, as I said earlier, they've just got to keep, uh, yeah, keep going with it. So, Barber, she's luckily, thankfully, made it to her feet. And she's just favouring her left leg. So it must be an injury to her right leg. <clears throat> it was hard to see sort of what happened to her as it there was three blues surrounding her as she went down, but it's good to see her on her feet making her way off the ground, Liv Barber, but she will be missed 
by the Cats. She's been presenting so well inside forward 50, as you said, Lauren. But it's just good to see her up on her feet that you didn't have to bring the stretcher out. It'll be uh, interesting to see how this changes potentially the course of the game, who Trudgeon gets sent to now. Um, if she plays a little bit more loosely in defence. Uh -oh, look out. Yeah, just briefly stopped there. She's definitely not in a good way, but she's courageously walking off Barber, so... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, the extent of the damage. Well, the Cats do have Claudia Gunjaka, who has played forward before and uh, has been playing off half-back today, but is a tall-marking and goal-kicking target, so potentially could swing her back into the forward line as the umpire blows his whistle to restart play. Just from defence for the Blues, as now it's in the hands of Grace Egan. Inside defensive 50, sends it up towards the outer wing. Pack of players, no mark taken. Slapped into the hands of Foley, who goes inboard and short. Wasn't the required distance, so Winnie Lang was asked to play on. She sends it wide for Lawrence. Just keeps it in front. Harassed out of it. Clever kick along the ground will go back to Lang. She goes back to Honeybun. Has a bit of time. Kick, though, was a bit of a scrubber. Found Peterson. Goes for a run. Kick along the ground to Jones. Gets it back to Gearin. Has a bit of time. Has a bit of space. Now Lawrence again. Inside 50 now for the Blues in the right pocket. The kick wasn't the required distance. Gets it back out to Egan. Now Jones. Wrapped up and high. So it's going to be a free kick into the hand of Renee Gearing of the Cats. Gearing's been really good today. She's um, like, there's a lot of players um, within Geelong, such as um, you know, Steph Williams especially, that um, that really turned the game on for him. But um, but Gearing's definitely been a standout. So Gearing kicked in. She found her teammate in Gunjaka. Sends a high ball to gain some ground. It's very close to the boundary line. The Cats are trying to keep it in there for Carlton. Picking it up was Delgado. The debutant was able just to get it a little bit across and will be into the hands of Carlton now. A nice little play here for the Blues as they look to go forward. Bit of a tough foot race here for Carlton. It'll be Jones running forward onto the ball. She's able to gather, picks it up, puts it on the left boot and sends it to the top of the goal square. There's a few Geelong players out there, but also there was Lawrence. She couldn't get her hands onto it as Geelong put some desperate pressure on here. Running out the back there, though, was Eliza Wood who gets the ball, puts the ball through the middle for her second goal of the season. Eliza Wood gets the goal from Carlton, just coming out of the back of the pack and slotting it through. So it's Carlton extending their lead at Icon Park, 2-3-15. They're leading Geelong, 1-2-8. I've just got a weird look on my face at the moment because I'm thinking, my pre-game predictions do not work out. Now, I know we're in the second quarter, but there's still a bit of footy to go. But I tell you what, Carlton are on here. <laughs> Carlton are doing very, very well. And Eliza Wood coming into the side after she was derailed a little bit with a shoulder injury after round one. Gets her second goal of the season and her first today. Umpire takes us back into the middle. Karrison Borg go at it. Borg wins it down. Gearin from the centre. Busts through a tackle. Can't beat the second one. Vanderkubel this time brings Gearin down before she could win the centre clearance and she'll take the free kick from centre half back. Kicks towards the broadcast wing, looking for Karras. Out the back was Maloney. She was lurking. Kick off the ground, finds Foley. Gets her hands free, gets the handball to Karras. Went for a run. Her handball went straight into traffic in the middle of the ground and there was a trip. 
So it'll be a free kick going the way of the Blues in the hands of Shepard, who zigzags one way, then the other, gets the kick to Maloney. Basketball bounce, kept it in her hands, was brought to ground. Ball in between her legs, umpire comes in and calls for a ball up. 45 metres from Geelong's goal. Carlton have scored the last two goals of the contest to give them a seven-point lead here at Icon Park. Fuller came in over the top. Egan dodged through traffic, got it to Delgado, who clears this ball towards half-back. Johnson was there. Peterson, big bump, came in. Now Honeybun extracts the football, sends it towards the outer wing, over the head of Jones. But now the Cats can come through. A few handballs. Kick into the middle of the ground. Smith went for the spoil instead of the mark, but it worked out. Little dinky kick into the centre of the ground. Went into traffic, but still it works out for the Cats. Johnson sends it inside. 50, mark not taken by Fuller. Now it's in the hands of Smith. Sends it towards the goal square. Intercept mark not taken by Delgado. Kept it in front and got a kick to Jones. So it's Jones who just gives her teammates a little bit of instructions to slow down a little bit. She'll just send that little chip kick across to Grace Egan on the halfback line for the Blues broadcast side. The Blues kicking it towards the left-hand side of your radio dial for this quarter. So Egan just pops it up to a pack. Plenty of Geelong players out the back. Not able to gather it and grab it down. So it's uh, doing a great job there was Jones for the Blues. She's tackled and the umpire says that'll be incorrect disposal. And it'll go into the hands of Gardner for Geelong. So it's Gardner now who'll send it forward. She goes to the top of the 50. The ball's brought to ground again. Well done there, done by Plane of the Blues. So the Blues will look to gain a little bit of control here. It'll be Gurr who gets the hand pass across to Delgado. Delgado opts for the kick. Finds the safe hands of Plane. And Plane's got her teammate on the outer side of the ground who she goes for. It looks to be Trudgeon. Trudgeon couldn't hold on to it. Goes for a bit of a bounce. The ball picks it up with her one hand, her left hand. She's got pressure coming from her, so she's forced to hand pass into a bit of danger. Gets into her Geelong opponent's hands. And the ball will be brought to ground. That's on the outer side of the ground, very close to the boundary line. Teams look like they're trying to take it over, but it stays in. It's in the hands of Geelong as well. <laughs> Again, it'll just be brought over the boundary line. Carlton players calling for the free. There is a free kick out there. The umpire has signalled in the way, in the way of Carlton. It looks to be a Carlton um, free kick. I saw the umpire call for a free kick, but we're going to have a boundary throw-in. Oh, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> boundary throw-in on centre wing on the outside. Gardner comes in for the Cats. Foley's there. Gearing over the top. McAvoy came out like tunnel ball and will get into the hands of Nat Plain. She has Gert but she opts to kick it towards half forward, towards Wood. Wood just pushed out of it by her opponent. But the Cats just fumbled the ball at the crucial moment, gives some time and space for the Blues. Egan got it to Madden, puts it on the left, over the top, into the goal square. Blues will get their first and kick their third. So Peterson time. got the ball on the goal line oh. and it's going to be touched. So Peterson, I think she just got the kick as she ran over the goal line and it's going to be deemed a behind. So eight points lead, Carlton lead now, the Cats. Unlucky there from Peterson. She put in a lot of effort there. 
to get the ball and get herself in position for a goal. So the ball's brought out from Johnson, who gets it outside to half-back for her team. And it's a bit of a pack there on the outer side of the ground, and the umpire will go in to break it up. Just a quick observation. The way the two sides are moving the ball, Carlton are a lot more relaxed, which explains why they're in front of the scoreboard. Geelong, on the other hand, they seem a bit panicked, and they've had a lot of time to move around the footy, but they're sort of over-possessing the ball a bit. The ball spills out the back of the pack and it'll be Carlton heading into their forward 50. Plenty of Geelong players around the ball who are able just to bring it to ground. The bottom there was Meisner for Geelong and she'll try and hold on to it. This pack inside the forward 50 for Carlton. And the umpire will come in and throw up the ball and give Carlton another chance here to kick their third goal of the quarter and put a little bit more pressure on Geelong who were the favourites coming into this match. The umpire's throwing out the ball, and again, it's a lot of tough work just to get the ball out of the pack. Looks to have been brought into another one, but the umpire just letting it spill out, and it'll be Carlton falling, spilling out into the hands of Carlton. The ball goes up into the goal square, in and it bunks there for Carlton. It'll be Gurr, who might be able to get her hands onto it. A little chip kick there from Madden, but it gets intercepted, and it'll be into Geelong doing it, oh. going as quickly as they oh, could out tackle. of the 50. It went a little bit too quickly there, and it was a free kick. Thanks to Gurr, who laid a sensational tackle, and she'll now have a chance. She's 40 metres out in a tight angle to kick, so she probably won't go for goals, but she might look to pop it up. She's got some leads coming for her, some coming from Peterson. She's off. So she looks like she's going to go off, but she oh, opts for dear. the chip kick that was nearly out to Guerin. Guerin pops it up to the top of the goal square, goes over the top of the goal square, onto another side. And it's Geelong now who are able to pick it up. They're under plenty of pressure to get this out here. Pressure coming from Plane. But Geelong are able just to move it out and find a little bit of space. But a beautiful intercept mark there taken by Carlton. Who now they'll go forward. So they're just able to lock it in their forward half now at the Carlton, which, uh, Carlton, which is exactly what they needed to do. If they'd create the upset win. So the umpire comes in to blow their whistle oh, and it's paid a free down. kick. Oh. Charlotte Wilson. Let's go around the grounds uh, just briefly. Casey and Port Melbourne. The third term. Casey, 3-3-21 uh, trail. Port Melbourne, six straight, 36. And we go to Windy Hill, Essendon and North Essendon. 3-7-25 trail. North Melbourne, 4-5-29. It's, uh, I'm not sure how far we're into the fourth quarter uh, down at Windy Hill, but uh, certainly a close affair as... Players congregate from both teams and we'll have another lengthy stoppage. So second stoppage of the quarter as Charlotte Wilson comes down. Doesn't look like it's a leg injury. She's got her hand across her chest, walking slowly, looking a bit winded, looking a bit sore. So there was a big pack of players who flew from that gear and kick that went up high and I think she just got met heavily in the air. So... May has some bruised or broken ribs. Charlotte Wilson moving very slowly off the ground in the hands of the trainers. As both teams just make a few changes off the benches. Umpire sets up. Yeah, we might have 14 and a half minutes on uh, our clock that we have here, but to tell you the truth, I, I don't really know how much time we've got left in this quarter because it's a matter of how much stoppage time there's been because I'm, I'm not quite sure of the rules but oh there we go there we go so on that note 
siren sounds for half time. Can't say we had 20 minutes of playing time in this quarter, but we did have Olivia Barber unfortunately go down inside forward 50 for the Cats, and she will probably she won't be taking any more further part in the game today. And Charlotte Wilson is just slowly making her way. Um, over the boundary line in the hands of the trainers. The siren has sounded for half time and Carlton are leading the Cats by eight points. And Carlton very much had the ascendancy in that quarter, Jono. Yes, indeed. Carlton uh, in front, 2 4 16 to Geelong, 1 2 8. And yeah, they definitely, uh, as you uh, have said, yeah, definitely have the ascendancy. It's just a matter of how much they can. I suppose continue that on. It's a bit of a cliche, but uh, I tell you what, they'll go. They'll go back into the sheds, and the coach will say, like you probably said in the first quarter. Look, now we've got where we want it, so keep doing what you're doing. But here's more of what we're going to do to catch the cats off guard. The cats, on the other hand, well, they're under the pump a bit with, um, I suppose, uh, you know, injuries-wise and. So hopefully uh, they sort of gain some morale in the sheds for them. And, yeah, anything can happen over the next 40 minutes. So still the second half to come here at Icon Park. It's Cats taking on Carlton in round 12. And Carlton will go into halftime with an eight-point lead. We'll be back after this break. Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the NAB League Girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz. Been playing for a while. Sweet kicks Cause footy makes you smile Sweet kicks football If you're getting ready for the trials Gotta go the extra mile Sweet kicks football Not always hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au. Gotta go the extra mile. Sweet Kicks Football. It's Adam Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. 
Your support is vital. Donate now at ALNF.org. How often should you wash your hands? Maybe around nine times a day. Four? Like 20? Maybe twice a day. Whenever they feel dirty. When should you wash your hands? After you touch some raw meat and before starting to eat. At the beginning, I wash my hands before preparing food. How would you rate your knowledge of food safety? Probably like an eight out of ten. Six or seven. Seven point five? Learn more at foodsafety.asn.au slash food safety training. Food safety, it's in your hands. If you've had something stolen or if you've had property damaged, you need the police, not the sirens. If you've lost something or found something valuable or if you want to register a party or let us know you're going away on holiday, you need the police, not the sirens. When you need the police but not the sirens, you can now report these incidents online at police.vic.gov.au or call 131444. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. There are plenty of classic hits radio stations, but this is where GoRadio.live is different. We unashamedly select the best music from our chosen era. We develop programs that provide the music with minimal interruption. For many hours of the day, you won't hear any announcers, just great music and the occasional station ID. We let the music play through until the end, no crossfades and no announcers talking over the start and end of tracks. We think you're going to love GoRadio.live, radio as it should be. Check it out at www.goradio.live or download the free app from Google Play or the App Store. I was lucky that when I picked up the phone that day to call my best friend, that he answered. Despite almost every Australian knowing someone who has been affected by suicide, we still don't talk about it. Lifeline Australia's new podcast, Holding On To Hope, shares stories of survivors and the connections made to find the hope to keep living. Because when we talk about suicide, we realise our capacity to support those around us. Holding On To Hope. Lifeline.org.au forward slash podcast. Hi, Kirk Pengilly from In Excess here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today. No business wants to throw money away. But did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? Planet Ark's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions and give you a competitive edge. Join the 1 million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's just good business. Hi, this is Missy Higgins for RAD, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. I see a lot of things at gigs, mostly people having a good time and a few drinks. But what I'd hate to see is someone getting behind the wheel after they'd been drinking. Being even a little bit over the limit makes it too easy to lose control. So if you plan to drink, plan ahead. Arrange a designated driver who won't drink. Remember, music lives and you should too. Winter has really set in. Time for hot drinks, warm soups, a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater. 
Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres. It's women's Aussie rules are doing what they love. The facets of don't mess with them because they can get rough. Are you ready for the challenge? Are you ready for the mess? It's the call of the game. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day. It's half time here at Icon Park and the Blues are leading the Cats by eight points. It's eighth versus second, so if the Blues were to continue this run th- today, they would be ha- get an almighty upset in the VFLW, which the finals are well and truly alive with Essendon going down to North Melbourne 29-25, to 25, Lauren. Huge. That's a huge result. Huge result at uh, Windy Hill. Essendon, they have a sort of dipped the last few weeks and they've kept the door ajar for North Melbourne to make an unlikely run into the finals and Port Melbourne are 7 straight 42 leading Casey Demons uh, 4-4-28 at Casey Fields going into the final quarter I'm guessing the Casey Demons may have the wind in the last quarter Jono so I don't think that game's over just yet well I'm not sure well I mean I'd love to know so if you're actually uh, well yeah I suppose if you're at that game and listening to another one which is always what uh, is good just uh, yeah let one of us know or yeah tweet us at WARF Radio it'd be great to know there's always a bit of a wind down at Casey Fields and it it seems that when um when a team gets a bit of a run, it usually means they've had the wind at their the wind at their backs for a, a few for a quarter or so. But we're here at Icon Park for the Blues taking on Geelong, and it is Carlton leading by eight points. Uh, my name's Lucy Walken. I'm alongside Lauren Borden and also John O'Van on special comments. Teams are just in the rooms getting their messages from their coaches. But Luke O'Shaughnessy, when we spoke to him before the game, Lauren said the team were feeling really confident after the win against Casey last week at Casey Fields. And looks like they brought that confidence in with them today. Yeah, definitely. I think we all got some good vibes coming from Luke O'Shaughnessy in the pre-match game. A little bit of confidence there. Um, but uh, I don't think it was... Not a false sense of confidence, but I think it was a genuine sense of confidence coming into the match that they thought they could match it. With Geelong, obviously, quite a few AFLW players bringing in a little bit of strength that Carlton needed, which gives is, allows them to give... Uh, to have a little bit more of that confidence. Um, I think they did want to bring and win the contested ball, and there's been plenty of contested ball there for the taking, uh, which Carlton have been able to get. I think both sides have managed to get a little bit of that contested ball, but it's Carlton that actually, in that second term, were able to get a bit of a clearing kick away, and that's what helped them go on a run and get their two goals for the term. Definitely Carlton doing it really, really well to get an eight-point lead, uh, but disappointingly for both sides, there have been two uh, big injuries, one going the way of Olivia Barber of the Cats. She was brought down in a tackle inside forward 50 and unfortunately took quite a long time to get her from the ground with what looked like a left leg injury which is especially disappointing given the way she has improved and played this season 
and for Carlton. Charlotte Wilson came off the ground a little bit I'm not, not groggy, but she looked in pain. Looked like it may have been ribs. She was met in a very hard collision inside forward 50. But she could be uh, back out there. We will keep an eye on that. But two big outs for the second half, Jono. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like injuries um, are never great. You sort of think when you have lengthy delays and... Um, it's like, how do you sort of regroup? I guess it's uh, it's a very it's a very tough task. You can't really get um, you know too many people out there to relay messages. There's only so much you can focus on. It's like, oh gee, if I forgot something, it's like you know, it's a bit it's a bit hard in that sense. But uh, yeah, look, Geelong, I think should be able to regroup uh, from. You know, their, I suppose, hectic second term as, as they come out uh, now here on Tycon Park. And, uh, look, at the moment, it's anyone's game. And uh, I just better remember to actually pull our scoreboard back up again as my computer's on charge, but I'll go and do that. Um, yeah, good stuff. But, yeah, watching the teams come out just then, good news for Blues fans is that Charlotte Wilson has returned to the ground after, as we just mentioned, going down in a heavy collision inside forward 50. So it looks like she will be playing out the game with the Blues, but Olivia Barber not taking part in the rest of the game after her injury. I wonder if um, Wilson will play next week, actually, or if it'll end up, you know, a bit of bruising, a bit of could be one of those injuries that actually might come up a little bit tomorrow. Mm. Play out the ga- Valiantly play out the game, but maybe next week she'll be uh, just on ice. Don't want to, you know, push it any further with your AFW listed players, especially considering the season will be starting in December this year. We're here at Icon Park for round 12. Blues versus Geelong. Blues will go into the second half with an eight-point lead as they just go through their final warm-ups. Is anyone changing their tip after the first half? I'm not going to because I still think it's going. It's been tough going for Carlton. I don't think it's, it's been as easy as it... You know, obviously they got the two goals and Geelong didn't during that turn. They didn't get a goal um, at all. But I don't think it's been that easy for Carlton to move the ball forward. I think it's still been quite a painstaking process. So I'm still going to stick with Geelong. Uh, don't ask me ever to give you a tip because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, no, go one way, go another. It's, it's, oh, it's a very frustrating thing, you know, trying to... Trying to pick the nature of things. Look, uh, I don't know. I sort of want one team to win, but then if I tip them, it's going to be the other way around. No, look, we'll, no, look, we'll see what happens. I, uh, I think, look, Geelong have got a lot of work to do, uh, but it is only eight points and plenty of time left. So I think Geelong potentially could come back, but... If Carlton can just keep on doing what they've been doing and put the first quarter behind them, which they sort of look to have, you know, keep the numbers around the ball, keep that pressure, I think they're in with a good chance. So, uh, you know what? I will change my tip. I'm going to say Carlton. So, Carlton lead at halftime. Can the Cats do it again? They were down by four goals with seven minutes to go last week and still managed to beat the Southern Saints. But... They've got a little bit more time on their side. Two more quarters to go. They trail by eight points here at Icon Park. Round 12. Carlton, with a win, will keep their season alive. But Cats, they're holding on to second spot as the players take their positions on the field. 
You're joined by Lucy Walken, Lauren Borden and John O'Van on special comments. As we get ready to start the third quarter, Lauren Borden will take us away. So it's Carlton by eight, heading into the second term. The third term, sorry, second half. Bit of a shorter second term that we had because of the two injuries. So we'll hope for full length half to come and see if Geelong can make their comeback. There's the ball's thrown up and the game's restarted in the middle. A few players overrunning the ball and it comes out and it looks to be Geelong that's getting a little bit of the ascendancy here. Smith's got it and she sends a hand pass over the top into the hands of Vander Hubel. She goes with a little tap forward and for Carlton it's Delgado there who's able to stop it a little bit. She's ready there if there was a hand pass coming there from McAvoy but McAvoy's taking to ground and the umpire will throw up the ball on Geelong's half forward line. So the ball goes up on Geelong's half forward line. Tap comes down into the hands of Klingbell, who struggles to get a little bit of a hand pass out. Falls to ground. It's into the arms of Geelong. The ball falls to the bottom of the ground. Out the back there was Guerin. Guerin gets it out and up. And the ball goes high. And it's into the hands there of Plain. She couldn't control it. So the ball again hits the deck. And it'll be Carlton here. Just able to bring the ball out a little bit. Gain some ground. Goes into the hands of Mackay. Who's got to go back a little bit. And move through some traffic. She wasn't able to move through all of that traffic Traffic and stopping her was Fuller. Fuller gets a hand pass across to her teammate. Karras is in amongst it. But again, Carlton are able just to wrestle that ball back. Going for the kick was McAvoy, but she could, didn't get far and it was smothered. The ball will actually go out of bounds on the full via a Geelong player. So it'll be the kick being taken for Carlton by Natalie Plain. Not a good start for Geelong. They're really hectic and really messy in terms of moving the footy. It's going everywhere and Geelong and yeah, Carlton just rather relaxed. They're not getting much of the footy, but they're way more relaxed than Geelong at the moment. So it's in the hands of Shepard on centre wing on the broadcast side. Her kick's picked off by Natalie Plain. Plain, who's really come into her own, a foundation player with uh, Carlton in the AFLW. Her kick was, the mark was dropped by Mackay. Now it's in the hands of Smith of Geelong. Kick around the body, finds Fuller. Hugged the boundary. Now Geelong. They're just inching closer towards their forward 50. Olivia Fuller pops it on the left. High ball inside 50. Through the pack, numbers with Geelong. Desperation shown there by the Cats. Karras comes in over the top. Borg's there. Ball's on under the pack, and so the umpire will come in and throw it up. 45 metres from Geelong's goal. Two minutes 20 gone in this third quarter. Geelong's... Still trailing by eight points as Shepard comes in. Just gets a kick off the ground. McAvoy to Kling Beal. Her kick was smothered. Now Smith couldn't get a clean disposal. Gehring comes in over the top. Shepard's there. It was dragged in. How was the umpire see it? We'll just ball it up. So just going to ball it up on the arc of Geelong's forward 50. So a very congested start to this third term. We're three minutes in. The ball will go up along the half-forward line. Running into it there was Guerin who gets the ball but just slipped out of her hand so she couldn't get any advantage for Carlton. So the ball's rolling along the ground there, getting her hands to it was Mackay. Again, she's tackled when she's first got the ball. It moves to Guerin who again is dragged down. So the Carlton players are getting the ball but they're getting absolutely pummeled to the ground just to keep that pressure on. Short little chip kick there coming from Van de Heuvel. Smart kick in. It could go into the hands of her teammates here and it does. Out the back there with a little bit of space but not able to do much. So it'll go back to Carlton. Carlton player will get dragged to the ground and the umpire will come in and will throw up the ball inside Geelong's attacking 50. So the ball will go up. Geelong with another chance here. 
fall into the hands. A bit Ooh, of an in-the-back yeah. there. Could have been an in-the-back call. And it will be an in-the-back call from the umpire. And it'll go into the hands of Renee Gehring. So it'll be Renee Gehring who'll have it basically 50 metres out on the boundary line on the broadcast side of the ground. Long kicking to the left-hand side of your radio dial. Renee Gehring with the free kick. So she'll have players coming at her and leading. She opts to go across, but the ball falls through the hands there of Fuller, who couldn't hang on to it. So instead, it'll just fall on the ground and roll along the ground. A few players having a go at it. Carlton getting a chance to get the hand pass amongst there is plain again for Carlton. They'll try and clear it out here. Just a little kick across to McCall if he gets the hand pass away and the ball will go out of the attacking 50. But plenty of Geelong players around there will stop that ball from going any further. And that mark there will be taken by Jessica Foley. So she'll send the ball going back the other way for Geelong, who looks to go inside their attacking 50. So Foley, in her second game, sends it towards the hot spot. Mark almost taken by McAvoy, just dropped it, bust through the uh, congestion, got a little kick away. Now it's in the hands of Smith, sends it back inside 50. Woolett fighting for it, couldn't quite mark it. Delgado wrapped up. Inside 50, Maloney comes in, she's wrapped up. It's going to trail towards the boundary. It's just kept inside. Taken oh, over. For sure. <laughs> so the umpire will throw it in about 40 metres from the Cats' goal. They've kept it in their forward half for all five minutes of this first quarter. So the umpire sets himself. Plenty of numbers around the footy for both sides as Borg wins the tap. Gearin couldn't take possession. Van der Heuvel just lost possession of the football as Mackay comes through. Gets the handball to Klingbeal. Gearin couldn't take it, but now the kick will come towards the broadcast wing and it'll be picked up by the Cats. Kick by Tatlock, picked off by Mackay. She'll send it on the right and finds her teammate Jones. Juggles the mark, umpire deems that it's all right and she'll be able to take a kick, send a wing on the broadcast side over the top to Egan. So a couple of the AFLW players for the Blues link up there on the broadcast wing. Tries to go inboard through the hands of Mackay into the hands of Karras. Her handball there to Pratt. Pratt goes defensively, but it's picked off by Trudgeon. She's coming over the top there. Was Pratt just to hold her up? And the umpire says, let's ball it up. 70 metres from the Carlton goal on the broadcast wing. Going around the grounds, going down to Casey Fields. Seven points in it. Casey Demons, 5-5-35. Five, five, Trail Port, seven straight, 42. Not sure how long we've got to go in the final term. So the ball slowly made its way towards Carlton's attacking side of the ground. But despite all that effort, it's the, it's the Cats now who are able to turn the ball around. And via Fuller, she's got the ball taking the mark in front of the two benches here, broadcast side at Icon Park. She goes for a long kick to the top of the 50. It goes over the heads of Johnson, but she's got a chance to run onto it. She can't win the foot race. And instead, it'll be Daisy Walker for the Blues who was able to do that. But she hasn't got much help coming in for her. It's Williams who's around there for the Cats. She just picks it up and just gets a little handball out to her teammate, though, who's taken to ground. The ball will spill out, though. The umpire will let the play continue on. It's the Blues who are able and have a chance now just to clear it. They'll get it to the top of the 50, but standing there was Renee Karras, who takes the mark and intercepts that clearing ball out from Carlton. And she just stops for a bit of a high chip kick. And it looks a little bit dangerous at first, but it finds her teammate in Olivia Fuller. So Olivia Fuller will have a chance now. She's 45 metres out from goals. So it'll take a big effort here from the number 13 for Geelong. Looks like she might... She nearly looks like she's going to take a shot, but instead she sees her teammate out wide. Doesn't gain much 
ground from that. Wasn't a centering kick at all. It sends out and it widens the angle, but it might just give her ch team a chance to go forward. That They opt to go looking for Jess Foley, who did put herself in a good position, but couldn't quite take the mark. The ball's brought to ground. Players jump on it. It's a bit of a pack. Still some movement in the umpire, letting it go until he runs in to have a throw up. Geelong's forward 50, eight minutes into the third term. I can really sense the desperation from Geelong because their pressure is just really upped in this uh, in this stage of the game. So they just need to capitalise and find the goals. So it hasn't been inside 50 for the Blues yet this quarter. Geelong have locked it inside their forward half as Gearin collects it on half forward for the Blues. Gardner, though, strips her of the footy. Renee Gehring's kick was smothered. Still, she got the crumbs. Got it to her teammate in Fuller. Handball out the back to Gardner. Now, still in the hands of the Cats. Gehring, just 20 metres now from goal. Gets the handball out the back to Fuller. Tried to get it to Williams. She was dispossessed. Lang, she was pulled off the football when she tried to kick. Now, Gurr to Mackay. Runs a circle, gets through traffic, does really well, kicks it from half-back, puts it in front of Peterson in the centre of the ground. Can't take the mark, and she's outnumbered by the Cats. Handball out the back, looking again for Mackay as the numbers come in for support. Lang gets it to Gearin. Her kick was smothered. Now it's at half-forward for the Cats. Williams through her legs, harassed by Honeybun. Ball came in to help and got a handball to Egan on the outer wing. She's going to kick it now to McAvoy through her hand. She's got a bit of time and space. She's getting corralled by Jess Foley. Dodges one way, weaves another, gets it out in front of her teammate in plain, who'll send it inside 50. All numbers with the Cats. Lawrence couldn't take the mark. Holds up her opponents. Umpire lurking. What's he going to say? Holding the ball. So the Blues get an inside 50 for the first time and end up with an opportunity in the hands of Steph Lawrence. So she got a holding the ball decision, Steph Lawrence. She's about 40 metres from goal. It'll take her best kick, Steph Lawrence. Stutter steps, not a high kick, won't have the distance, gets to the goal square, rushed behind. So the first score of the quarter goes the way of the Blues, a rushed behind that takes them out to a nine-point lead in the third quarter. Ten minutes to go. So fumbled over the line there from Geelong just to force that to a behind, and they'll go for a clear and kick, but it'll go towards a pack, and taking the mark out there was Olivia Madden. Just picked it out from that pack that she was in and amongst. She's got her teammates calling out for a name, so she just pops it up to the top of the square. A few players jump up, but none can hold on to the mark. So it's Geelong who might have a chance to move it. Oh, oh hello. Around here, but it's intercepted by Carlton. She's been mobbed by four players. And the ball keeps going on into a tight, tight tussle. No one can quite bring it out. Looks to be Egan, who's done her best to gain the ball, but she's wrapped up as soon as she's got it. And the umpire will come in to break it up. Gee, that was really unfortunate there for Carlton. They just oh, almost had it, but Geelong's pressure has been absolutely immense at this stage. So the ball goes up and tap out coming there from Foley, who does a little bit of the ruck work for Geelong in their defensive 50. Getting the ball, though, was Peterson. Peterson tries to keep it in, but she can't, and the ball will go over the line. <coughs> and we'll have a throw-in in the Carlton's forward pocket 11 and a half minutes into the third term. Port have kicked eight straight. They're now eight. Straight 48 to 5, 5.35. Casey looked to get the chocolates uh, down down in the southeast. 
So back at Icon Park, ball comes inside 50 for the Blues. Trudgeon bounced over her head. Just got the handball to Lang. She couldn't take possession of the footy, so now it's a little bit of, an, bit of a rugby scrum just making its way through the forward 50 for Carlton. They've kept it in there the last few minutes, the Blues, but now Geelong will clear it. It's going to go the way of Karras. Spoiled by Wilson. Got the crumbs when she brought it to ground. Now Williams with a bit of pace on the outer, on the broadcast wing. Kick around the body. Almost got it back herself as Fuller came in and wrapped up her opponent and held up the footy. So it'll be ball up just beside the interchange benches here at Icon Park. Foley comes in for the Cats in the ruck. Wilson comes in. McAuliffe, she's got the ball from the tap for the Blues and it's going to be deemed touched over the line so we'll have a ball in just on the attacking side of the broadcast wing for the Cats. Have we seen the lasso rule in action today? I don't think so. No, we've seen it a few times. Okay, yeah. I must have missed it. There you go. The ball comes in inside in front of Carlton's benches. Goes to ground, picking up the ball off the bounce. There was Gardner for Geelong. She gets the hand pass across, though, to Remus, who was caught. So it's into the hands of Carlton here. Picking it up was Gurr. She gets a kick across, and it goes straight into the hands of Pratt, who mops that one up. And she sends a dangerous kick inside Whoa, to yeah, the that's ground. A kick and, a half. and her teammate is cleaned up by a Kayla Peterson of the Blues. So that is a very clear free kick going the way of Talia Tatlock for Geelong. Shades of Marlon Pickett last night, I reckon. <laughs> she did. She firmly got taken by the neck there. So Tatlock finds her teammate and just pops it up into the hands of Gehring. Gehring goes out wide. It'll bounce in front of her teammate who's running onto it in Clark. Clark can get there first and did well to get there first. And she just sends it inside of the 50. Again, popping it up in front of her teammate who picks it up but just goes for a hand pass onto the ground. So running onto it there was Maloney from Geelong. She can't do much with it though and there's plenty of Carlton players out there trying to hold it up. And that's exactly what the umpire sees and the umpire will come in and he'll ball it up inside Geelong's attacking 50 as Carlton, the home side, still leading by nine points. So inside 50 for Geelong. Karras and Wilson. Wilson brings it to ground. Roves her own ruck work but only goes as far as Gardner. Gets a handball to Tatlock who goes over the top. Flying is full up. Couldn't take the mark. And now quick kick away by Honeybun. She's sending it towards the broadcast wing. In pursuit was Gurr. Keeps it in front. Got a good shepherd. But she pushed the player into her own teammate. And so was dispossessed. And now the kick will go back to Gardner of the Cats. Plays on. Sends it quickly inside 50. A few little juggles. But getting it to her chest was Vanderhuvel. 45 metres from goal, slight angle. Just taking her time. Umpire says, play on, sends it to the hot spot. No one flew for the Cats, got out the back. Now it's into the hands of Woollett. Tried to fend off the tackler, couldn't. Now Wilson has an opportunity, gets it to Egan, who gets it to Gurr at half back. She goes back to Egan, who just Whoop. sends a short kick to Jones. Umpire says it was just touched as it went over the line. So we'll have a ball up 60 metres from the Cats' goal, five minutes to go, and they trail by nine points. It's Tamara Smith there who wanted to claim the kick there, but it'll be a throw-in instead, <coughs> half-forward line for Geelong. Four and a half minutes left in this third term. And the ball will be back in. 
just trying to pick it out of the ruck there was Wilson, but she couldn't do it. So she's obviously back on the ground and looking fit after her injury in the second term. So Geelong able to wrestle this ball back here and keep it along their half forward line, the top of the 50 in the center of the ground. A little bit of a punch out going there. What looked like a throw coming out the side. They're running onto it though. It was Vanderheuvel though from Geelong. It's Egan who's able to mop it up. Her hand pass only gets as far as her Geelong opponent, which then goes straight back into the hands of Carlton. And it'll be playing out on the ground and it'll be locked in there at the bottom of the pack. So we'll have another throw up in Geelong's forward 50, top of the arc. So the ball will go up. Go straight into the hands of Carlton, but it's Geelong who again able to wrestle that out there, and it's Fuller who was able to get a little bit of a short pass away. She'll keep it into the hands of her teammate, who gets tackled and mobbed, and it'll be the umpire who comes in and says she'll have another throw up. So we'll have yet another stoppage in this game inside Geelong's attacking 50. So Wilson and Fuller go for it. Wilson wins it down to Egan, who gets a tap to Gurr. She'll send it up the wing, but it's just all cats there, and Gunjaka is the one who marks it there. She's going to send it back inside 50. Plain flies, can't take the mark. Running in for it was Smith. Overran the football, and now it's held up at half forward. Big tackle there laid by Gardner. Holds up, holds up the football, and we'll have a ball up. 55 metres from the Cats' goal. They've trapped it in their forward half again. Three minutes to go in the third term. Wilson... Just won the tap, Gardner bumped Lang off the football but couldn't win the possession. Egan comes in, wraps up her opponent and the umpire will come in for another ball up just in the corner of the centre square. Still inside Geelong's forward half. Foley gets a tap down out the back to Pratt. She sends it inside 50. Bit of space for the forwards to work with, but it went through the legs of Maloney. Honeybun pushed as she held the football. Umpire says play on. Maloney dives in on top of her, tries to rip the football away. Umpire says keep playing, and now it's in the hands of the Cats. Kick towards the hot spot. Curling football. Johnson's there at the fall of the footy. Gets the left foot, snap away, and kicks a goal. Annabelle Johnson gets the Cats back within three points with only two minutes to go in the third quarter. Gee, first first goal of the term there. I didn't think we were going to be getting one just two minutes left in this term and just the one behind. It's going to be an epic last for quarter. That. It's going to be an epic last quarter. Goodness me. Like, Geelong have certainly lifted. Something, something in them has sort of sparked, I suppose, and it's anyone's game well and truly. Uh, Carlton, I mean... Throughout that passage of play, possession was really even. It was just a matter of who was sort of going to get out and sort of just break away. And it ended up being Geelong. So Carlton need to respond, and very quickly. So Annabelle Johnson there with the goal. She had a fantastic goal last week, and then she's come in with her fourth of the season. As play restarts in the middle, and it'll just looks like the umpire will come in for another stoppage with the ball just locked up just outside the centre circle. A minute to play in this term with Carlton just leading by the three points now. So the umpire organises everyone and throws the ball back up. And it'll just fall out the back of the pack there. Running in and grabbing it was McAvoy, who tried to get a little hand pass away, but it was stopped. And it'll be straight back into another pack. Four or five rolling players there, and the umpire will come in and break it up straight away. We'll have yet another throw up in the centre square. The umpire will again throw out the ball and restart play as each side tries just to gain something out of that. Getting her hands on it was Gurr, but 
it just falls onto the ground. It's her Carlton opponents who are able to get the ball a clear throw, throw there, though, coming. <laughs> and so it'll go straight back to Carlton and a very uh, rightful free kick there, going into the hands of Carlton and going into the hands of Abby McKay. Tracy pops the ball up into the forward 50 for Carlton, obviously trying to work hard here just to get one back late in this term. They're still holding onto the ball, throwing up onto the boot with Steph Lawrence. She can get it. She can find it as far as Peterson. And the ball will just bobble through for a behind on the siren to signal the end of the third quarter. Oh, it will be. And it will be registered at a behind. So it'll be 2-6-18 Carlton leading Geelong at 2-2-14 here at three-quarter time at Icon Park. So the Blues still leading the Cats here at Icon Park. It's just four points separating the two sides. What a fourth quarter we have in store here in round 12. We'll be back after this break with the final quarter. The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At Oz Harvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to Oz Harvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food. There are plenty of Classic Hits radio stations, but this is where GoRadio.Live is different. We unashamedly select the best music from our chosen era. We develop programs that provide the music with minimal interruption. For many hours of the day, you won't hear any announcers, just great music and the occasional station ID. We let the music play through until the end, no crossfades and no announcers talking over the start and end of tracks. We think you're going to love GoRadio.Live, radio as it should be. Check it out at www.goradio.live or download the free app from Google Play or the App Store. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> They're my grandkids. Gee, they can make some noise. But you know what? It's a beautiful sound because they're alive and having fun. The sound I hate is silence in the pool. When a child drowns, you hear nothing. No splashing, no cries for help. Be vigilant around water. Fence the pool, shut the gate. I teach your kids to swim, it's great. Supervise, watch your mate, and learn how to resuscitate. I'm Laurie Lawrence. Kids alive, do the five. Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the NAB League Girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz. And what a game we have on our hands here at Icon Park. It's three-quarter time and the Blues lead by just four points over the Cats. My name's Lucy Walken. I'm alongside Laura Bur- Lauren Burden and also John O'Van on special comments. Carlton, they're just holding on to that lead. They only had one or two inside 50s in the third quarter. How do they hold on in the last term, Jono? It's going to be very tight, I think. It's all about slowing down the play, being more relaxed with the footy around the ground, making sure that you don't um, over-possess the footy because Geelong did a lot of that earlier and how they've got themselves back into it. Geelong is they've sort of just calmed down a bit. So so Carlton need to match that. 
just make sure that they, their options forward of the ball are, um, are presenting because if they don't, then it's all just going to be a mess. Geelong have had plenty of numbers behind the football. They were able to lock it into their forward half in the third term. Geelong led by five points at quarter time. Carlton led by eight at half time. And they hold on to a four-point lead now at three-quarter time. So it's going to be a big finish here at Icon Park. Construction at, site. At Casey Fields, Port Melbourne, uh, one eight. 149 to Casey Demons 5535 for Port Melbourne get revenge on Casey who get handed them their first loss of the season just four weeks ago and Darabin v Collingwood has kicked off at Bill Laurie Oval and Collingwood lead four straight 24 to Darabin yet to score and that's after one quarter of play they're down in Northcote so Collingwood of course on a 11 game unbeaten streak can they make it 12 in a row and earlier today North Melbourne defeated Essendon 4-5-29 to 3-7-25 which will have a big impact on the finals uh, in the coming weeks that result but right now we'll be focusing on Carlton playing at Geelong here at Icon Park just four points separate the two sides and teams are just in their final huddles waiting to start the fourth quarter but Lauren how do you see this one playing out? I think it could be a little bit of one of those third quarters where potentially if Geelong goes down by a small margin, they might be ruining a little bit of those opportunities or chances that they had from locking the ball in their forward half for that entire ga entire quarter almost. And yet the only thing they were able to show for it was a goal from Annabelle Johnson. So really they should probably be ahead at three-quarter time. But if they keep playing the way they did play in that third quarter, I think they will be able to snatch victory. But I think they just need to put the score on the scoreboard. And then conversely, you've got Carlton who have five behinds uh, to their name. And those early opportunities that they had inside 50 where there was really nobody between them and the goals, those, those sort of kicks that went wayward, if they were majors... That would be huge in the context of this game and Carlton would feel a lot more com comfortable when heading into the sheds at the end of this game. So Carlton 2-5-18, leave Geelong 2-2-14 lead Geelong players moving into position for the final quarter here at Icon Park. It's going to be a massive finish here today. Could Carlton bring Geelong's seven-game winning streak to a finish? with a win here in round 12. My name's Lucy Watkin calling alongside Lauren Burden and also Jono Venn. Lauren will be taking us away in this fourth quarter. So the fourth quarter here at Icon Park, a nice crowds have filtered in. Bit of a cold morning, but they've come out to sit in the sun and scattered right across Icon Park, across all the stands here. It's warmed up all right, definitely warmed up. It does, it's a nice, nice day for footy, full ground in full sun now the umpire signals to start the fourth term here. It's the Blues leading by four. So up goes the tap. Chasing it in, around there was McAvoy. Just a little kick that just goes along the ground and dribbles forward and goes into Carlton's attacking 50. But picking it up there was Gunjaka, who get, could only make it about five metres into the hands of her teammate. But the teammate was swung by Madden. So it's still be Geelong's free and stay in the arms of the Cats. Really strong mark taken there and will go across then to the hands of Paige Shepard. So Geelong starting this term quite well. Shepard has the ball and she just pops it up. And she finds her teammate, another strong mark there, taken by Darcy Maloney. 
who pits the ball. She goes to more of a dangerous kick. Her teammate did well in Van Heuvel just to get a little bit of a tap away, but instead it's into the hands of Carlton and Lang. Lang sends it across to Guerin, who gets it inside 50. A few players around the mark. One of those is Lawrence. The ball falls into a little bit of a pack, and the umpire will come in, and he'll call holding the ball. So it'll go into the hands, stay in the hands of Carlton, and Courtney Jones will have it. She's 40 metres out from goal, so it's a tough kick for her. So she'll just instead pop it up. Her kick goes about, goes long, but it doesn't go into the hands of her teammates, and the ball falls to ground. Future long players have their hands on it, but instead it'll be Mackay who's able to gain possession of that. She sends the ball into the middle of the 50. A few players going up and around at it. No other player is able to make too much of it. Goes through the legs of Egan. The ball goes, though, straight into the hands of Tamara Smith, who sends it out of the danger zone for the Cats, and she'll send it across into some space and find her teammates in space on the outer side of the ground. And it'll still be Geelong, just doing their best to hold on to it. It's from Meisner. But it'll be intercepted there by Carlton, so Carlton will go forward. So McAvoy sends it inside 50, looking for Jones. Through her hands, the numbers were with Geelong. Johnson opts to go to the outer wing. Egan was there, couldn't take the mark. Vander Heuvel gets a little handball away, and the Cats are able to clear. Karras wins the footy, goes for a run. Trip. Wrapped up. Oh, Umpire says play on. Now playing in the middle of the ground. Gets a handball to centre-half forward to Gearin, who sends it high and long inside 50. And Jones can't take the mark. She was spoiled. Lawrence applies the shepherd for Jones. Runs a circle. Gets the handball over the top to Lawrence. Off the outside of the boot. Bending football. Just left. So, Steph Lawrence... Gives Carlton a little bit more of a buffer. They move to a five-point lead here at Icon Park. It's been all the Blues early as Geelong look to bring it back in. So Meisner opts just to send the ball short. She sends it to Johnson. Johnson again goes for another short kick, but running in there to take the intercept was Wilson. She couldn't hold on to the mark, but she brings it to ground. And it might do the same job for the Blues. McAvoy just sends it towards goal, puts it on the boot. It rolls through the two middle sticks for a goal. Manufactured from McAvoy and started by Wilson, just diving onto the ball to get that intercept mark. The Blues have got the first goal of this term and they'll move forward to 11-point leaders against Geelong here at Icon Park. It's definitely a hashtag save the dribble goal of the day. Uh, absolutely phenomenal stuff from the Blues as they extend their lead. So, yeah, ominous signs for Geelong early. I thought they were good really out of the blocks at the start of the term, but fortunately they just couldn't capitalise. So it's all about... Just trying to come back. I mean, there's plenty of time in this quarter, but fortunately with a 10-point lead, it gets very hard, especially that, especially given the fact that Carlton will want to put many more numbers around the ball. So 3-6-25 leads 2-2-14. Still 16 minutes for the Cats to get the lead back. Van der Heuvel crashes through, gets the handball to Foley, sends it inside 50. Karras flies, can't take the mark. Gardner's in there for the Cats. She goes to ground. Williams brought to ground. Gets up on the right around the corner. Just fades across the face of goal for a behind. So Geelong get it back to 10 points. Let's see what they can do and keep, see if they can keep it inside their forward 50. 
So it'll be Honeybun to take the kick in for the Blues. She looks for options and looks like she'll go to the outer side of the ground. Sends it across to the pack. Sends it to the very back of the pack where the back of there was Jessica Foley for Geelong. So she's able to gather control of the ball and just get it to the Cats' advantage. But they decide to go back a little bit in order to go forward and it goes back into a pack. Still stays in the hands of the Cats. Just ball goes over the top of Smith's hand. Goes into the hands of Remos. So Remos has it. She sends it into the 50. But it'll just go dribbling across the line and we'll have a throw in. Five minutes, 20 into the fourth term here at Icon Park. It's Carlton leading by 10 points. So still inside 50 for the Cats. They've held it in the last few minutes. Need a goal to stay in the game here at Icon Park. Taken out of the ruck by Karras. Handball over the top to Shepard. Into space inside forward 50. Williams will get there first. Wrapped up. Just managed to get the handball away. It's in the goal square. And it's rushed through for a behind. So the Cats bring it now to nine points. There's still six, 14 minutes to go in the fourth term. Can the Cats take the lead? So the Blues will be looking to pull it out of their danger zone, get it as far away as possible, and that's what Honeybun aims to do with her kick. Goes into the hands of Gurr, who sends a hand pass to a team in trouble, so Gurr has to go after her own ball, but opts to go for the Shepherd to help her teammate out. So it's Geelong who might be able just to lock it in a little bit again here. It's hard work doing so. Nice tackle coming there from Talia Tatlock from the Cats. The umpire will come in and intervene. And he'll throw, throw the ball up on the half-forward line for the Cats on the broadcast side of the ground. So the umpire looks for the hands. And Gehring puts hers up for the Cats, but the tap-out instead will go from Borg. So it gets to the, to the Blues' advantage, and running onto it was Daisy Walker. She's got space, but she had a lot of pressure coming from Williams, so she just opted to kick to space. The ball just lies flat until players can come in and scoop it up. So it'll be brought into the middle of the ground and a nice mark there taken by McKay and she'll just give the Blues a little bit of time to settle as they go forward. So from the centre of the ground, Kick finds and who did well. Found herself on her own in the middle of the ground. Goes for a run. Goes along with that right boot, but it's picked off by the Geelong defence by Pratt. He'll go wide to the outer side of the ground looking for Smith. Samara Smith had Walker for company. Handball, though, couldn't find Kara, so got, gets sent inside 50 by Wilson. Through the hands of Lawrence. Peterson, Madden now. Scats clear through Smith, who sends it up the outer wing. Honeybun will get there first for the Blues. Puts it on the boot. Gets it towards Jones, who has three cats to beat. Walker came in for help. Gunjaka just couldn't get the kick away. Karras out the back. Juggled the football. Gave Jones some time to come in and apply some pressure. Madden tapped it away from her opponent. Ball goes over the boundary line. Umpire says, ball it in. So 11 and a half minutes here to go at Icon Park. The Blues leading by nine points. Yeah, Carlton as well in control here on account of their prep. Um, I suppose composure when they've got the footy. They've just moved it so well. I've said it plenty of times today, but that'll get them to win. Um, that will get them the win if they can hold on. So Winnie Lane comes in there to take possession of that throw-in right on the 50-metre ink 
on Carlton's half forward line. So the umpire is forced to go in and throw the ball up again. Running onto it will be trudging for the Blues. Just paddles it along the ground until it comes out the back. Beautiful tackle there being laid from Geelong, from Geelong and from Van de Heuvel. And that tackle will result in another throw up. So she'll cause another stoppage. So the ball will be thrown up yet again on the half forward line for the Blues. It's Blues who are able to take possession here. Lane gets the ball. She sends a little hand pass out the back. At the back of there was Honeybun, but it's Geelong who are able to gain a little bit of advantage here. And they're on a run here, and it's <gasps> Woolard who's got the ball. And she's got an empty goal square that she's kicking to. And she's kicking to her teammate who's running straight onto the play, takes a bounce and slots it through the middle of the goal as easy as you'd like. Georgia Clark, beautiful run to get on the end of that ball. And then nice little easy kick straight through an open goal square to finish it off and get her 11th goal of the season, Georgia Clark. Back to three points, cut 3-7-25. And Geelong 3-4-22, hot on their tail. The, uh, uh, the Cats at the moment just... Oh, gee. Anything can happen. And, gee, how much time is there left? Just, just... Ten minutes. Ten minutes. So, here we go. We've got a game on our hands. We have had one all day, but I tell you what, this is going to be a great finish. <laughs> so, just three points, the margin, going the way of Carlton. As we come back into the middle, it gets out to Shepherd. Just won a kick, dribbles it towards forward 50. Gunjaka comes out to meet it for the Cats. Her handball, though, couldn't find a teammate. Mackay dribbles it forward. Lawrence is there for the Blues on the edge of the square. Gets a handball out to Gurr. Turns, gets one to Mackay, who sends it towards half forward to Jones. Sprints towards the football, but it lands at her feet. Tatlock, she's trying to harass her out of gaining possession of the football. Holds her up 70 metres from the Blues goal. So... A Nine minutes to go here in the final term. It's Carlton leading by just three points. Georgia Clark putting them back within winning distance. This ball goes up. Wilson brings it to ground. McAvoy sends it inside 50, sends it towards the hot spot. Peterson dropped the mark. Numbers are with the Cats. Madden, she's scrapping with the Geelong defence. Tadlock now, she's going to clear it for the Cats. Underneath it, though, is Natalie Plain. 40 metres, centering kick to Egan. Foley flew through the air. She disrupted the mark. Peterson was there for the crumbs. Egan's there, wrapping up her opponent. Umpire hovers and will have a ball up. 40 metres from Carlton's goal. They lead by three points. Plenty of hands on hips. Plenty of players around the footy. Wilson. Just goes long. Foley gets her hands free. Gets a handball to Karras, who gets it to Shepard. High ball. Misses her opponent. Now McAvoy of the Blues. Sends it to Honeybun on the edge of the square. She'll go back. Look for an option. Sends it further forward still to Gurr. She just gets the handball back to Honeybun on the edge of the centre circle. Low kick towards half forward finds Peterson. Great pick up on the 50. Dodges her opponent. High ball towards the centre square. Underneath it, Jones! Takes the mark for the Blues. 15 metres from the goal. She's got a tough angle to work with, Courtney Jones. Can she put the Blues nine points up? Take your full 30. I reckon she's on here. So Jones 
comes in on a slow approach, tight angle. Sends it on its way and it's good. Carlton, they go back out to nine points over the Cats. And there's still seven minutes to go here at Icon Park. One more goal will do it for the Blues, I reckon. If, or, or maybe even maybe one or two points if they're slightly unlucky, I suppose. But I reckon they've all but got this game wrapped up here at Icon Park. So it's the Blues, 4-7-31. They're leading Geelong at 3-4-22. Trailed at the end of the first quarter. But then have led at every break since on their home turf as they vie for a final spot, the chance to stay in touch with the finals. So we've got 13 and a half minutes played in this term, Geelong with the kick out as they look to go forward and will go into the hands of Gunjaka, who's just got it along the half forward line for her side. She goes for the long ball inside 52 as well. But sitting at the back, it'll be a Carlton intercept mark taken there by Delgado. So in a debut for the Blues, she takes a strong mark there sends a nice little kick across. So the ball will stay on the outer side of the ground, pops up and pops to the back of the pack for the Blues running onto it and using her piece, uh, pace was Akela Peterson. She's used her pace all day and she still does. Fumbles it a little bit but keeps running and tries to pick it up. She's got a tackle with Meisner there to see who can gain possession of the ball. And the umpire decides that neither can and so he'll run in and throw the ball up but the ball's moved quite a lot and it's gone right down to the half forward line for the Blues. So they contest the ruck, Borg wins it out, Shepard got the tap down for the Cats but was wrapped up immediately. So umpire comes in and will ball it up again. Attacking side of the outer wing for the Blues at Icon Park. They lead by nine as Gardner gets the handball back to Tatlock who sends it high up towards the centre of the ground. Trying to take the mark there was Gunjaka. Walker came in for the Blues, but still it's with the Cats. Johnson sends it wide on the outer wing to Shepard. She's got a bit of time. Honeybun broke her tackle. <coughs> sends it to half forward. In the hands of the Blues, will send it in the middle of the ground. Wood sits under it, couldn't take the mark. Foley came in over the top. Tapped away now by Wood, who's wrapped up by Foley just on the edge of the centre. Squirkle umpire, he's hovering. Ball gets out. Now into the hands of Gardner. Little handball to Johnson. Turns, kicks, smothered by Mackay. She'll go for a bit of a run. Sends it inside 50 to the one-on-one -on -one there. B bouncing ball, Jones. Harassed by her opponent. Hold. So it'll be a free kick going the way of the Cats inside defensive 50. So a free kick paid against Jones there and going into the hands of Talia Matlock. So she sends the ball across the outer side of the ground as well. Little string of kicks here being found by the Cats. Taking the mark there was Van de Heuvel. Got a little bit of a bump from her opponent. Tries to make the umpire know about it, but she doesn't get the 50. So again, she'll go for a long kick forward. Back of the pack there getting fingertips for the Blues was Delgado again but it'll be brought to ground. No side either to get able to gain clean possession of the ball, calling for the umpire to come in and intervene. And he will. He'll come in and he'll throw up the ball just outside the centre square, outer side of the ground, about 65 metres from goal. With three and a half minutes left in this game, it's the Blues leading 4-7-31 to Geelong 3-4-22.
and time is against the cats you'd, ne you, you'd now probably think. Got the, the Delgado just cramping. It's tough work playing VFLW, first game. I thought maybe it might have been a tactical cramp, but I think it might be just first game of... Ooh. Oh. That could be more than a cramp, actually. Uh-oh. It's just gone down a little bit. She just went to run and had to fall and fell down. So no strength in those legs there. So we'll find out and watch Delgado to see what's happening there. But the ball moves to the forward half for the Blues. <coughs> they still lead by nine points here at Icon Park. Time is ticking away from the Cats to make a comeback here. They did it last week against the Saints, but do they have enough time here in the last quarter as the ball's held up inside the centre square? Plenty of players over the top of it. Gearan just got the handball away, but now it goes into the hands of the Cats. They send it towards half forward. Gunjaka, she's in the pack. Walker, Woolett comes in, gets possession, tries to get a handball free, wrapped up. Umpire says, let's ball it up. Edge of the centre square. A few players just having a bit of push and shove there as oh. we tick down to two minutes to go. Coming through now, Vander Heuvel dropped the footy, wrapped up by Lang in the centre of the ground. Umpire calls and we'll have another ball up. And Delgado's up and about as well. Spent a bit of time in the hands of the trainers there. Must have been a pretty bad cramp. Like you said, Lucy, it's tough work playing VFLW, <laughs> so it might have just been a case of getting late in the game. Just cramping up a little bit there. So running onto the ball now here will be Courtney Jones. She picks it up and she's got a little bit of time to kick it up. So that's what she does. And she's looking for the hands of Peterson, who's unable to grab it. And said it'll be a little bit of a Geelong intercept here. And they've got a chance now. So they'll go for the switch. And they'll go to the other side of the ground. And it's Gardner with the ball. Just goes for the short little pass. And then a longer kick into the middle of the ground. Intercept there being taken by Plain, who just kicks the ball on the ground, but it doesn't gain too much advantage for her side. So the Blues will have to work hard here to try and pull the ball back to their advantage. They do. They get it into the centre of the ground. Running onto it there was Mackay, but she wasn't first to the ball. Said it was Geelong. Off the mark. So the Cats tried to go forward there, but it was picked off by Natalie Plain. So Natalie Plain, I feel like her name has been in everything today. And this time she's taken an intercept mark in the back line for her side. So she'll pop it up here. She sends it to a 1v about 4. She was looking for Lang, but it's the Geelong Cats who are able to take possession of the ball here. And it's Gardner who sends it forward to the hands of Smith. Smith sends a bit of a strange-looking kick into the forward 50. So it's the Blues fighting hard here just to stop that ball from going towards Geelong goal, Geelong's goal. They've got 30 seconds to hang on here, the Blues. But Geelong probably don't know that yet. So they're pushing and pushing and pushing. But a beautiful mark there taken by Matty Guerin in the back line for... The, for Carlton, which should just hold the play up enough for the Blues to give them an upset victory here at Icon Park. Sends it in the centre of the ground. Madden takes the mark as we tick down to full time. There is the final siren, and it is the Blues by nine points here in round 12. They've upset the second on the ladder to make it two from two in the last two weeks here in the VFLW. They come out nine-point winners. It was 3-5-31 to 2. No, no, sorry. 4-7-31 and 3-4-22. 4-7-31 to 3-4-22 against the Cats, who were, of course, on a seven-game winning streak. They've snapped that, the Blues, and they'll be feeling very confident heading into the final two rounds of 
the season. Uh, Lauren, who were our goal kickers today? Yeah, so our goal kickers today, starting with the side that went down here, just the three goals for Geelong. It was Laura Gardner in the first term with one. Second term, no goals for Geelong. So coming in was Annabelle Johnson in the third term with one and Georgia Clark with another in the final term. For the Blues, again, just single goal kickers here. Steph Lawrence, Eliza Wood, Lucy McAvoy and Courtney Jones there were the goal kickers for the Blues. So seven... 11 scoring shots for the Blues and just the seven for Geelong. So some really great work there coming from the home side. They were against it early, but they really came out and uh, scored some quick goals probably in that, it was that second term where they kept Geelong goals, which was just where they got that little little push ahead and that's what they were able to hold on to. Yeah, that was. They only had single digit leads in each uh, break, the Blues, but they were able to hold on in the final term which that will take them uh, to, I think, three, uh, five wins this season. So five wins, seven losses for the Blues. They're currently sitting in eighth. And uh, for Geelong, that'll be their third loss of the season. So we might see a little bit of change in the uh, ladder this week. Puts Essendon under a little bit more pressure too with the Blues winning today because it's, not, it's another side that could potentially take their spot if the Bombers can't sort their um, their game out in the last two games. So it puts a little bit of pressure there on the Bombers after they went down to North Melbourne in an upset victory over there at Windy Hill as well today. Definitely. So it puts Carlton in touch with the top six, but unfortunately for them, North Melbourne winning today also means that they are also even with the Blues and in touch with the top six. But today I thought... It was a pretty even game. Uh, the Blues did make the most of their opportunities, but you said it uh, towards the end of the quarter there, Lauren, Natalie Plain seemed to be in everything. She was sensational, Natalie Plain, today. I think she was <coughs> someone that genuinely bobbled up whenever the ball was there to be won, whenever there was an important contest, wherever it was on the ground, Natalie Plain was there, and she was working pretty hard to get that ball out or took a fantastic intercept mark there on the defensive line late in the game. So I think she was up there uh, with one of the Blues' best in just the impact that she made on the match. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A genuine on-baller. Sorry, from start to finish, she was just following every contest and impacting every contest in one way or another. I'll tell you what, she was definitely... Uh, well, yeah, she's up there for mine in terms of best on, but there's plenty more um, from Carlton, um, especially Brandon Gurr. She was... Yeah, she was... Um, she had plenty of footy, was... You know, all but perfect in every single uh, uh, in every single stage that she got the footy. But yeah, Carlton just an all-round great performance today, and a great call by you two as well. Thank you, Jono. And yeah, Carlton they had a few really good players. I thought it was great to see a Kayla Peterson back out there for the Blues. She last played in round seven in the game against Port Melbourne and I thought her pace and speed and her skill inside forward 50 was really important. I think you probably nailed it there, Lucy, when you said her pace. That was something that shone through when she was on those one-on-one uh, kind of foot races. She was the one that always shone through, particular, particularly a few sides on, few times, sorry, on the outer wing where she was the one chasing it and she was able to win the ball. So I think, like you mentioned, Gert and Peterson, again, were very uh, key for the Blues in this win. And for the Cats, unfortunately, in the second quarter, Olivia Barber went down with what seems like a left leg injury. And I think that really sort of changed uh, a lot for the Cats. Their forward lineup didn't look as strong um, and the structure sort of seemed to fall out a bit. They were trying to put different players back there um, 
Olivia Fuller got put back there. Claudia Gunjaka got sw um, swung back as well with Olivia Barber out. But it just seemed to throw out the forward line a little bit. I think it did. That was that moment in the second term where <coughs> play stopped. It was a bit of an odd second term, obviously, with the two injuries, and it probably wasn't full, a full 20 minutes. But um, I think that did change the little scope of the game a little bit, and they just didn't have that tool. And someone that obviously they've relied on to kick 10 goals four games, but they know she's a presence, and they know they can kick to her, and they didn't have that for the remainder of the game. So that probably played a part in uh, the way the game went. Let's not forget as well um, the efforts uh, by Renee Gehring. She was absolutely solid for the Cats today, and um, yeah, definitely one of those you know AFLW listed players. You know those those leaders out on the ground that's super super important to, uh, to the development to play. Um, you know that style of footy for the Cats and huge uh, for that uh, sort of style of development coming uh, into uh, the next AFLW season. Definitely Renee Gehring, 33 years old. She's one of the experienced players and it's great to have her out there playing such good footy with the Geelong still in the VFLW. But Carlton were the winners here today at Icon Park by just nine points around the grounds. We had Port Melbourne defeat Casey by 14 points at Casey Fields. Essendon went down to North Melbourne by four points. And currently, Darabin are taking on Collingwood at Bill Laurie Oval. And the score right now is 6-1-37 to Darabin, two behinds. And that's just at halftime at the moment with Collingwood leading by 35 points. But it's been a brilliant day here at Icon Park at perfect conditions and we saw a pretty good game of football Carlton nine point winners John Oven, thank you for joining us on the call today for special comments thanks very much Luce and uh, uh, and also Lauren as well it's been an absolute phenomenal day of footy phenomenal game as well it was definitely just that and Lauren thank you so much for joining us as well on the call thanks very much Lucy and my name is Lucy Walken. It's been great to have your company today for the VFLW matchup in round 12 between Carlton and Geelong. Carlton, nine point winners here at Icon Park. We will be back on air tomorrow for the Southern Saints taking on the Western Bulldogs, which probably is one of the matchup of matchups of the round with both teams needing a win to keep their finals hopes alive. So hope you can join us for that on wharfradio.com and on the YouTube live stream as well. But for now, Carlton nine-point winners at Icon Park, and we'll see you next time.